live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. It is Saturday night, and that means it's time for myself and William Cooper to get together and talk about the latest digs, the latest beefs, the latest dramas and gossips. That's right. I know what I said earlier, Coop. I, I wasn't confused. Um, it's Spare Notes series. Welcome to another episode of the show. This week, uh, we are bringing on Smoking Tobacco's Mitchell Santaga. So, Mitchell, welcome to another show. This is uh, welcome. Uh, yeah, this, thank you. This kid's going big league now. <laughs> uh, yeah. could, be, could be happy it happened tonight. I know. I, you know, I, I promised them. Uh, you know, you can do the Spare Notes show. You can you can come hang out with Coop and me on Saturday night when the real fun happens. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready for my debut. Some some razzle and dazzle. So yeah, it made a lot of sense too because you know I'm on the road and sometimes things can happen. So uh, it was great that you know you were able to come and we were all but it's better we're all here. Um, so first of all, before we get too wild, uh, what is everyone smoking? Coop, you can do the honors. You can go first. Yeah, I'm uh I'm smoking the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary in the demi size. Uh, not the best light here, but fantastic cigar. Uh, Monte Cristo 1935, uh, number 12 cigar of the year on Coop last year. <laughs> so I'm happy. Very nice, very nice. Any uh, any drink pairings? Some Diet Coke? Gatorade. <laughs> they didn't have Diet Gatorade. Coke. Gatorade. Gatorade zero. He's trying to watch Gatorade. his figure. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm leading up the uh, the Yagua. <sighs> nice. Nice, nice cigar, nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a nice funky shape to it. This one doesn't look like I, I've seen some of them where they almost get like a like a penta shape because they're right in the middle and they just get super squished. This is more like a like a angular box press. It's really nice, and you know I always like pairing my stuff with a nice whiskey. So you know, one of the only Canadian whiskeys that has won uh, a whiskey of the year award, Alberta Premium. This is sixty six percent or hundred and what 32 proof yeah that's that i i've known about alberta premium for a while and i haven't seen it in the u.s at least where i live um so that's definitely on my list of things to try um i have been wanting to try that for a while i'm, I'm actually smoking one of mitchell's favorite brands i'm smoking the all saints call saint francis colorado churchill um i also have a saint francis miter and in a Camacho Factory Unleashed Toro um, on deck for later in the show. I am drinking um, kind of basic tonight. I got my handle of uh, Maker's Mark. Hey, Maker's um, always good. It's You know what? This in, in Some liquor stores, you know, this is the big bottle. This is the, the 1.75, right? Yeah. So a lot of times you see this in liquor stores, and it's like 60 bucks. I found this for like 45 the other day, and I'm like, that's – it's honestly not a bad deal that you know that giant bottle and it goes too it's uh mm. now makers i find I got makers a, goes really well with scars it does i i got i got a mickey peg update oh okay oh, oh. mickey peg update uh, mickey mickey peg will be on my flight to nicaragua on monday wow. nice and hopefully you guys are seat buddies i was just gonna well, say that <laughs> well the thing is I'm, fly, I'm i'm gonna be flying out of miami uh which are where i'm heading to now and um there's a TGI Fridays where you could smoke in the Miami airport. 
And oh, that's right. That's right. The last time I the last time I flew at an airport, I ran into Mickey Pegg there. So it's kind of <laughs> become our, our 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 place. But uh, but yeah, he's gonna be down there for Festival Week as well. So uh, pretty excited. Um, it's funny. I was um, uh, I was supposed to talk to Mickey yesterday. It didn't happen. Um. So I was just I was just thinking. I'm sure about he's busy too. trying to get to Nicaragua. Yeah, no, I know. Um, and I'll have to, I'll have to talk to him when he gets back. Which Coop, is, it's just funny you bring that up. Coop will be sitting in first class, and Mickey will be all the way in the back trying to scrounge some leg room or something. <laughs> Dude, you, yeah. You know, you know, you know, you know what's funny? Every time I fly to the Dominican, I'm on the same flight as Nesta Miranda, and that guy is always in first class. I mean, of course, he'll stick, his, he'll stick his son-in-law in coach, but Nestor will be in first class all the time. <laughs> and uh, the best, though, is when, uh, like, uh, he will, like one time he was buying us drinks at the airport flying back, which was really cool. So yeah, Nestor's cool. Nice. I don't think we've had him on our show yet. Have you had him on your show? We've had him on. I've interviewed him a few times, even go back to Stogie Geeks. And he, in my opinion, he gave the greatest answer for why he got started smoking cigars. And he said, it's because I want to impress the chicks. Damn. He actually said that. It's a good reason. Yeah, this is, yeah, honest answer. It was the best answer we ever got. So. Yeah, you know that's an honest answer. <laughs> you go, yeah, yeah. So what's funny is, Mitch, I don't know. I think you weren't dialed in because you were late. Uh, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Because you're a rookie. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the rookies are usually late because they don't know better. But that's okay. You, you, you still made it yeah. for the show. But I digress. I ran here from work. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I digress. Um, listen, you're the young, you're the rookie. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have to get some, some hazing. We all had to go through yeah, it. Yeah. I got, you know, the first time I talked to Coop, I got yelled at. I, I, I was already hung up on it. <laughs> Dude, I got screamed at. I got a novel. I was like, okay, sorry. Uh, you got to earn your stripes. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's funny. So before you got on. So Coop's in Florida, and he's in a smoking room at a hotel. And it was funny because he says to me, he goes, I told them that I had to check their Wi-Fi before I checked in because if the Wi-Fi don't work, then we're going to have an issue. So he, he went full commitment tonight. He went, yeah. he went, he went full commitment tonight. Um, he made sure he was ready to go. He even told them, like, listen, if this Wi-Fi don't work, I'm going to have to find another hotel because I, I need an establishment that's got some speed. So yeah, we don't fool, we don't fool around we don't fool around with hotel rooms. Yeah, we don't but fool around. But you get a smoking room. This is a nice smoking room. Not the best backdrop, but I just didn't want everyone peeking in my room from the patio. That's okay. That's okay. You know, yeah. you're on the road. I mean, it's 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 hard yeah. to bring a studio with you on the road. Um, but yeah. you're yep. making it work. Um, I just want to point out, Coop, Coop's I, got the kind of the kind of like uh, the 1960s detective vibe going. He's just like, I'm on the case. I'm here. Yeah. He's. Well, I'm, 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 I'm waiting case. for. I'm waiting for him to be like. So where were you on Friday night at seven? At, uh, exactly. 7 but but you know what? It's a, <laughs> I can't move this because. But uh, it's a very modern room. I got like a very big TV in here and uh, like just completely modern. So I'm, I'm not complaining. But the backdrop, hey. everyone's saying it looks like the '60s. And this is I like the look. hotel drapery. Yeah, it's, it's standard like hotel drapery. Yeah. Hmm. I just wanted to say, and Coop, I know you're a Giants fan too. Um, I don't know if anyone saw the comments when, during the uh, the intro, but Jay Davis is with us. Shout out to Jay Davis, Blue Smoke Dallas. Um, he is uh, he's a friend of the show, and he's a friend of all of us. Um, Jay had said, uh, "Let me find it. Let me find it." 
Because I like to put Jay on the spot. Only a Patriots fan would schedule spare notes during a Giants game. And I said, the Giants are done anyway. Who cares? And then he said, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor or when it was 28-3? to Let's stop right there before we continue. First of all, different situation on the Pearl Harbor thing. The Giants, the, no. On the second part of that comment, Tom Brady. That's all I need to say. You guys don't have Tom Brady. <laughs> you never will. He, yeah, he was twice to the Giants. Yeah. He was twice to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Remember that. He still, he, he, he still got seven rings. He still got seven rings, Coop. That's all that matters. He, he, <laughs> he still got seven he, rings. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to retire. I, I don't want to see him end his career like on a down note. Like Brett Favre I mean, did? Re- right. Well, Brett Favre was an egomaniac, right? But more like Peyton Manning. Like, except Peyton Manning <laughs> got that Super Bowl. That was the difference. But I, I, yeah. I don't want to see – I don't want to see Tom Brady going out struggling. So, I mean, I think he should have retired last year, but that's just me. I think – but I think Brady's an egomaniac too. Um, and then – well, it's funny is the next comment from him was, yeah, it's over. Damn, I hate the dirty birds. Well, well he knew it was over. What's the score? 21 nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, look, I'll say this. Again, the, to, for this coach to clean up the mess – that we had for six years of Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, and Joe Judge. And to get this team to the second round, oh, listen, I'm not going to complain. They're playing a really good Eagles team. And uh, I just hope the – I'll root for the Eagles or the Niners to take care of the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, Coop, you're probably walking out of this game happy either way. Giants win, you're happy. Eagles win, you're happy. And yeah, I, I I don't hate the Eagles except when they play the Giants. So I, but I also love the Niners too. So it's gonna be interesting if it's those two teams because I really like both teams. Yeah, sure. Isn't that uh, isn't that Robbie Raz's team? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we played the, the Seahawks played them first round, and I said go Hawks, and he said I'm <laughs> I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> Wait, which 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 well, team is Robbie's? Because Robbie's a San Francisco guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Niners. Yeah, Niners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I said go. I go. I said go Seahawks, and he said I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> wow. It's like Bear, I'm sorry. They're the closest team to me. Bear hates the Seahawks because of Pete Carroll. He cannot <laughs> stand Pete Carroll. It's. I mean, he just like when Bear can't stand the guy. Look, you just want to get out of his way. But, but look, Pete Carroll's done a great job. Well, hold on. Yeah. No, his. You mentioned something about Bear. When he can't stand a guy, he may not like Pete Carroll, but nothing compares to his hatred for Chevy Chase. I mean, I that's, ju- that's just I, like a whole other level. Anyway, continue. And he brings it on himself with Chevy Chase because he constantly, <laughs> like, like I know. Look, I bring it on myself with Kapler, so I admit it, right? And so. It's 2023, and we've already heard the first Kapler comment. There we go. Yes. There we go. It's the first one of the year. I haven't heard no, one yet. You, you mentioned Robbie Raz, and I, and I love him. Right? He's a great friend. But Robbie Raz and I have had some very heated discussions over Kapler. I mean, to the point where it's, we've, gotten, we've gotten mad at him, and we, I really don't want that. So I've always you know, backed off, and he backs off, and we just let cooler minds prevail. But we've had some heated conversations about the manager, trust me. Hey, it's important friends can uh, can dish it out like that and then walk away and uh, huh. and still still enjoy a cigar yeah. together. 
Although, although he'll delete any Kaplan comment on his on his Facebook uh, wall now, and, and uh, he's not fooling around about that. So, <laughs> yeah, but he can't stop us here. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> we got a nice little intro here with the uh, sports talk, but you know it's time to get down to business. But as we, before we get down to business, I just want to point out that tonight we cut and light our cigars with Cigar Blondie accessories. That's right. If you head over to CigarBlondie.com, you can check out the amazing Cigar Blondie cutter and lighter set. There's the cutter. This is the sleek, sexy, flat blade flame right there. Uh, they come in three finishes, chrome, black, and white, and they are available at CigarBlondie.com. And I would have mine, except uh, Nicaragua is one of the toughest countries to get a lighter out of. That's fine. That's what I'll tell you. So I wasn't fooling around with that. And, and people who've gone to Nicaragua know that. So I'm Mitchell, taking lighters in, and I'm just planning on leaving behind. Mitchell, i gotta, uh, <clears throat> I got to get you a set of those, too. Don't let me forget. Hey, you got to send me some of those. The, those, uh, those lighters look really good. I love those kind of They're little cool. blade flame lighters. They're just, like, nice and accurate. Light yep. up really it, well. It, it's like having a soft flame, but with a jet flame is the way I look at it. It really toasts the cigar well. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it does. It really is. It's it's really it's it's one of my favorite lighters. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Look at that. I just wanted to say this Yagua, it's really good. This is this is a first time I'm I'm trying it, and Matt had mentioned there's probably a couple of years on this. Yeah. This is really nice. Yeah, I nice think that's, a, that's either a, flavor. a 21 or a 22 release. So that box has been they, sitting. Uh, a, 20, well. a 2020 or a 2021. Yeah, they age very good. So, I mean, they are, I was just mentioning, they're purposely uh, underaged, uh, a little under-fermented when they do it. But um, they you just got to let them age. The, the sad part is it'll lose a little bit of its shape, but you'll get a better cigar in the end. Uh, right? That's fine. No, yeah, it's, it's, a good uh, cigar. it's good, really good. Good cigar. They did a good cigar, and it's not badly priced either. Did those come out yeah, this year? Like eight bucks. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they tend the boxes tend to go quick on that. Like we were. Yeah. I think Matt, we, we were like some of us got those boxes the first year from them, and I think we got some the second year. I don't think they sent them out this year, but you know they uh, that was pretty fun. We you know, we had we did unboxings on those. It's the packaging is amazing on that cigar. Yeah, that's where I got it from. They they sent them out and um, they sent us a box and. I uh, I've had a I've had a good handful of them, but I still have half a box left, and so I sent one up to Mitchell. Because the thing yeah. about Mitchell being in Canada is that, you know, he lives in the Cuban territory, so there's not as you know their availability for cigars is like Cuban, and then there's New World. Um, so it's been me really trying to you know pump as many different cigars up to him as I can, so that way he can uh, really experience what some of the best cigars in the world really are um in 2023 um and so far you know he's been really impressed with a lot of different things that he otherwise hasn't really known much of that that's great to see um you know i know i know from talking to john mctavish who lives in alberta it's it's a struggle it is definitely a yeah. struggle so um i feel for you guys because we we're sport like i was gonna say i've traveled in a lot of countries we are absolutely spoiled in the U.S. when it comes to humidors. I, there's not another country that has humidors like the U.S. Um, I've seen Mexico. I've seen the Dominican Republic. I've seen Europe, and there's nothing like U.S. humidors. We're spoiled here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very spoiled. Um, yep. We're very lucky. Very lucky, we should say. Yeah. Very lucky. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, um, we are. We are. Coop, I'm going to let you uh, start us off tonight on the, uh, the list of topics. 
So, uh, wherever you want to begin. Uh, um, yeah, I just, let me pull it up. I apologize. Um, That's I okay. It in front of me. So, yeah, I gave, uh, so let's see. Are you, are you okay with every one of these or no? Yeah. All right. So, let's talk about um, the J.C. Newman tobacco farm. Because we're on the topic of J.C. Newman. I thought this was one of the great feel-good stories to start the year off. So if folks haven't heard, and, and there was an article on Coop on this, uh, J.C. Newman is going to be opening a tobacco farm in Ybor City. And what's happening is J.C. Newman's trying to really uh, resonate the north Ybor City area. So it's the highway, it's the area north of I-4, most of Ybor City south of I-4. But the, the north area, it's kind of been a little bit run down. And they they first started with a factory renovation. Then they opened up the factory museum. They're renovating a hotel, and, and they're gonna make it into a hotel restaurant and cigar lounge across the street. They're opening a cigar park on the other corner, which is basically gonna be they're calling it Cigar Workers Park. And part of why they did that is because they had to get the bats out of the building they bought for the hotel. So they had to put these bats somewhere, right? So they created a park where they're gonna have a bat sanctuary there. And now what they're doing is they're going to bring growing tobacco to the Ybor City area, which, according to them, it hasn't. They, there's no record of them ever growing tobacco in this area. So Jeff's growing tobacco in Claremont, which is about an hour away, maybe about 45 minutes away. And JCM's already doing some test crops in the parking lot, literally, right now at that place. And the plan is they're going to have a small farm, and they're going to eventually try to use some of these tobaccos. I imagine they'll be for very small batch releases. But I think it's a great story. I think this is just a great story. They're turning this area. I think by 2030, this area is going to be the the attraction in the U.S. for cigars. I, I think it's for going to sure. be great. With it. It, it, really, it's exciting to see this happen. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we continue to see them expand. You know, they redid the factory. Uh, you know, then they had the the situation with the San, the Sanchez Ihaya Hotel, and now they're doing this. They got the Cigar Makers Park. It seems like J.C. Newman is really trying to capitalize on everything that they can to. I don't want. I don't like. I don't want to use the term "bring back," but I mean, I, I think bring back as much cigar culture to the United States that was lost. Um, I think they're the perfect company to do it. They got a long history. They have that reputation, um, historic family, uh, and I think. As they continue to do these projects successfully, I think you might see others maybe do similar things. Yeah. Which I think is going to be I mean, great. Yeah. You know, I got to give to Bear some credit because Bear and I went there right before the renovation started. He saw that building, right, where the hotel's going. And he actually said to me, man, wouldn't it be cool if they put a cigar hotel there, right? And this is before, this is like a year before they even announced this. So he actually said that. And I was like, damn, that would be a great idea. But I think, I think ultimate, I think the Newmans are doing a great job locally in Tampa promoting themselves. They have very good media connections, and I think eventually they're going to work this where they're going to get that trade. The trade show is going to be in Tampa before the end of this decade. I, I really believe that. I was because of, I was going to yeah, say yeah. the same thing. They got some work to do. They're going to have to do some renovate. And I don't know if they need to do some things on size and smoking permits, but. But they're so well connected in that community right now, and so well respected, that uh, if anyone can do it, I think it's them. And I think Drew Newman, who's really the visionary behind a lot of this, is—I mean, he's just got a vision. And I talked to him when I was there, and I could tell this guy had a 
a lot of vision that that museum thing was just the beginning. So, um, I mean, Mitchell, if you get to the Tampa, this is an absolute must go to. Yeah, definitely. I, if I, if I can, if I can go down there, I'm, I'm definitely planning in the future years to try to get to some uh, cruises down there. So hopefully I can kind of plan maybe get three, four days in, in Tampa and then do some cruises out of Florida. So yeah, the other thing it, it, I'm really interested in is, do you know what kind of seed they're planning on planting down there, or mm. they did? Great they question. Didn't say, they didn't say. Now, uh. my guess, my, this is my guess, is I think they'll go with a Corojo seed similar to what Jeff went with. Yes, right? and Jeff, yeah. and Jeff's got a good relationship with them. This is not a competitive situation. I would imagine Jeff's going to be very supportive of this. Again, um, I haven't heard a comment from Jeff yet. He was traveling, but I I know he's got a great relationship with the Newmans and. I think the Corojo crop has just worked well in that uh, Central Florida area. So that's my guess on that. Jeff tried Criollo. It didn't work out as well as the Corojo. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, some some Corojo or possibly, uh, like, you know, just so many people right now are messing with broadleaf, you know, with the new double broadleaf coming out of Honduras. And you'll probably see in the next two to three years lots of Nicaraguan broadleaf-based things. And, I think people are realizing that broadleaf can be grown outside of Connecticut, but we can't expect to have the same flavor profile as that Connecticut kind of broadleaf. It's like it's the same seed, but just expect something different and new. But it, it can survive outside of Connecticut, you know? You know where they grow broadleaf and people don't realize it is in Wisconsin. And oh. Sock has used it in that release, the Dondora that he did for um... – Ronnie Haysha. So I know the, the, the broadleaf they grow, though, it hasn't been very conducive to cigars. That's why it hasn't been used. But I get, I'm get, i guessing, again, with the problems Connecticut's having and people just looking for new broadleaf sources, that eventually we're going to see more Wisconsin broadleaf on premium cigars. But I think they probably have to do some, they're probably going to have to do some agricultural engineering to make that viable. For and and, and yeah, Jay added in, as many of us know, broadleaf in Pennsylvania as well as Indiana. There you go. There you Indiana go. See, I didn't know about the Indiana. Good job, Jay. Yeah, I didn't know oh. that either. I mean, I Pen- Pennsylvania I knew, but... Yeah. Yeah, according to what I've understood is a tobacco plant can really grow anywhere. But the key is the soil, the, the, the conditions, and, um, you know, so, but... Because I can... From my understanding, you can grow like a... You can grow like Corojo in North Carolina, but there's a reason why cigarette tobacco in North Carolina are not, like premium tobacco they just i don't right. think they've been able to um i do know a couple of companies were playing with some virginia tobacco in their blend a few years ago mm. that's interesting yeah. yep which again is a lot uh, of cigarette tobacco normally from virginia yeah and pipe tobacco too right Bur- there was early that a couple of companies were playing with so and you know it's funny you know mitchell mentioned you know a lot of people are, are playing around with broadleaf but another one that i see a lot of and i i feel like everyone's doing something with is Sumatra. You see a lot of broadleaf, you see a lot of Sumatra. Um, you know, Habano, obviously, there's a lot of Habano. Um, so it, to see, you know, I know that we've, Coop, we've talked, there's a couple companies that are going to be working with um, Corojo more, and it, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that it, it's yeah. a, instead of, because I feel like a lot of times there just seems to be a lot of the same usual suspects. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I was that, that Alec Brack Double Broadleaf is a really good cigar. I know you guys had him on the other night, and I, from what I understand, that Alec, that 
that double Broadway was a Bradley Rubin project. And he really spearheaded a lot of that. And it's kind of funny because I just felt when, when I smoked that, I said, man, they are, they were going for something that they didn't have in their portfolio, like something Tatawai-esque or something Dunbarton-esque. And I think they did a really good job. I think that cigar is, like I said, it's something I think is going to be a contender on my end of your list in 2023 it came out a little too late but i've already bought a box of that cigar to give you an idea how much i like it yeah i gotta get my hands on some of those they everyone's saying they're they're smoking really well and uh yeah i just heard bradley talking about it as well and that's exactly what he said he, he kind of spearheaded the whole thing from packaging to concept yeah. to finalizing the blend and everything and kind of coming out with this binder and wrapper broadleaf concept kind of almost by accident but then it worked <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing with Broadway for a while too. I know that. Yeah. I don't know if he's still in here, but I know Kevin Kevin Acuff has commented too. Um, I know he was watching, but I know him and his wife Barbara. For those who know them, they're also huge on the uh, Alec Bradley Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf. Um, that's they they were the first people that I know that were raving about it, and I was like, really? And like, yeah, yeah. Like, you, and it was like every and I made the comment the other night when when Bradley was on with Abe and Alex. Like every time I talk to them, somehow, some way in the conversation, the Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf comes up. Like they love that cigar, and um, slowly but surely, I've been hearing more and more and more and more people raving about that cigar. And um, you know, it's it's really hats off to them um, for for making a cigar like that. We had Nick Melillo on the show last week, and you know, talking to him about I forget what I said to him, but there was a question. Mitchell, I know you watched that show, so maybe you can refresh my memory. Yep. Um, but somewhere in the conversation, it came up about, you know, making cigars that are, you know, so critically acclaimed. And, you know, and, and Nick said it best. He's like, look, you know, you go into a project and, you know, you, you you put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into these blends and different tobaccos. And you want to experiment with stuff and you're trying to do something that's kind of different. And you're trying to get real creative and. Um, and then, you know, when these, when these cigars come out, you know, you, you hope for the best. I mean, to you, they're great to your team. They're great. And then they go out there and then the consumers really decide. And when the consumers are like off the walls about it, I mean, it's just such a, it's such a huge, it's such a big feeling because it's like, you know, it could be a really good cigar, but then when people are just like raving about, so like when you hear about these cigars, the people are just always talking about time and time again. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a huge accomplishment in itself, just not only to make a good cigar, but to make a great cigar. Um, so yeah, I mean, ha hats sure. off to those guys. Yeah. You know, you know, what was interesting about the Bradley. So I was at Alec Bradley headquarters last May and Bradley hands me the four by 60 un chunk size of the double Bradley, which was unbanded. Yeah. He tells me, go home and smoke it on a clean palate. And I went home and smoked it. I said, I bet you these guys are going to be distributing someone, right? Because this tasted nothing like an Alec Bradley. Not, and I like Alec Bradley stuff. But I'm like, this is so far different. I said, um, and I had no, I, I didn't know what they were doing. I mean, I should have figured out it was Broadleaf, but I didn't. But I'm like, maybe they're going to distribute someone was all I was thinking, right? Because this was com like completely different. Um, and it turned out, like, when I saw them announce it and they had the chunk size, I knew what I had at that point. I'm like, wow. They did a great job with that. Well, it's funny, and, and I know you don't want to get into end-of-the-year stuff tonight, Coop, because I know we're waiting for a couple of things to finish. But yeah. I just, I will, I'm just going to highlight, because we're talking about this, since we were on last time, your number one cigar of the year came out, and it was the Alec Bradley. Um, is it fine the, and Rare. Yeah, Fine and Rare. Uh, I, yeah. I blanked on the first part of that. 
Um, so, I mean, again, so, this, you know, another Alec Bradley cigar, you know, it's Coop's number one for 2022. Um, I had them on my, we last week, we talked about my, uh, my lists that we, we, we put together. I, I forget, where did I have them on my, on my watch list? I think I had them on the watch list. Um, and I disagreed I, with it, but yeah, but it was, because uh, I had him almost as a power player, actually. I, you know, I just, I, I, I feel like I should have put that, I'll be honest with you, I feel like that should have been more on the, on that hot list that we did. Um, yeah. But, there, but I, think I will say, in my defense, there was some disagreements on the team, but I think it should have been, I think it should have been there, and especially, you know, once the end of the year stuff came out and I kind of re-refreshed, I'm like, yeah, we definitely missed that one. There, there's a change that's happened at Alec Bradley in the last few years. Uh, the boys have come in there, and they've they've just uh, and look, they have great expertise with Alan Rubin and Ralph Montero. But I think what the boys did is they kind of opened up like this. They're really well connected with the market. I remember when I interviewed them in 2018, they had just kind of come on board with the Alec and Bradley project, and I and I was surprised what they smoked everything out there. They weren't just smoking Alec Bradley. They 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 chased down cigars. And I think they started, you know, I think that just gave them, uh, you know, ears to the ground um, with a lot more what was going on. And I think they're incorporating those things, and they got the talent. Again, their dad and Ralph Montero, I think they're more of the people who blended the fine and rare. But I guarantee you these guys had input into it and saying, you know, and that's why the last two fine and rare brands have been the best too, I think. So um, it was uh, the bad thing about that, number one, is it's limited. And what I have left, I need for Cigar of the Decade. So I have to hold, like, the re- remaining ones. But I have Aaron Nielsen trying to track me down a box, so. Coop, you literally stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that exact same thing. Like, Alec and Bradley stepping in a bit more into the production side and, and adding their points into blending has almost given them the modern flavor of cigar, right? Like, Alec and Bradley have always been classics, right? They always yeah. consistent, great cigars. But the the sons have now injected this like this modernism into it both in packaging in flavors in dynamics of the cigar and it's really putting them on on the map like you know they were already on the map before but now it's like you know they're winning cigars of the year they're they're you know people were raving you don't you weren't necessarily raving about but the people were raving about kintsugi from alec and bradley like people uh, loved that cigar I, I didn't I didn't like it, but I gotta say it's I think it was more me than everyone. Like because here's the deal. Even that's cigar. Even in Canada, a lot of people smoke it up here. I see a lot of bands of Kintsugi up here. So I started telling the boys. Um, I said I think you guys are gonna win the consent or not win the. You guys are gonna be very high in the consensus, right? And they're like, you, you sure? I'm like I'm telling you, this is showing up on a lot of lists, and I think it landed top ten on the consensus last year. So uh, I think so it was too. I'd, I'd have a to lot check of people. What I didn't like about it was I thought it was the least Alec and Bradley like cigar. I thought it smoked like the original Alec Bradleys, which aren't bad cigars. But uh, yeah, it's that's what that cigar seemed like. But I think it also kind of maybe opened some eyes up to people who maybe didn't give Alec Bradley a chance. That hey, you know what? They have some very good heritage blends in there too. Um, you know, I go back to the Coils, a great cigar. The uh, yep. the Prince. I like the Prinzados. That Grand Bellicoso is great in that. So. They have some excellent cigars. They discontinued Mundial, unfortunately, which was great. Uh, that was a, I wish they didn't discontinue that. Uh, you know, they got to get rid of SKUs sometimes. And... It, it, you know, it's a business, and the you know, thing is they can always bring it back. So there's no reason. Like, it, we've seen it happen a hundred times. Like, Avo discontinued the Maduro, and it comes back a few years later. So 
you know, sometimes yeah. the timing's right to kind of pull it. Yeah. Um, sorry, Coop, for the silence, but you remember that thing we talked about earlier today, and we said we were gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can bring it up. I'm fine bringing it up. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I got some information, and uh, we'll have to talk later because I, I don't want to spoil it. So I, 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 I. Okay. Whatever you want. Yep. We, we I think we, we're, we're not far off, but it's not exactly what we thought. Okay. Um. So that's exciting. Um, you're, you're right. It was number seven on the consensus in 2021. Just look at just this. Confirmed. He's doing his homework. Yeah, this is good homework, Mitchell. Yeah, it, it was like I said. It look at this kid go. <laughs> look, it clearly resonated with the reviewers last year. It really did. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, it wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't uh, developing palettes cup of tea. But um, that's that's okay. You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to love every cigar. I mean, so. And most no, people that's have thick skin. Makes this great. Yeah, I mean, there's a few people who have very thin skin in this industry when it comes to their cigars. But Alec and Bradley are pretty. Uh, they have thick skin as well as Alan Rubin. So, um, you know, I just think uh, I like I like what I'm seeing out of them right now for sure. They and I think they had the other thing is I'm not, you know, Mac, so Mac calls me yesterday or this morning. We talked yesterday. He messaged me. Did you see the half wheel list? I'm like, no. Right. Uh, he's like, you got to look at it, right? And because uh, because obviously you both have the same number one. But different kinda, size, but yes. But he hinted to me there was something else I should look at, and, and yes, they had the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare on their top. So it was like thirteen, I think. So it's kind of a little bit of validation because not a lot of people had that cigar on lists. I don't think anyone had Fine and Rare until I had it, and then they had it. So at least it's a little bit of validation because you know those guys do their homework. So I I, I I'm I'm like itching. I'm itching to talk about end of the year stuff, but. I know we we I know we agreed to wait, but I have so much. Yeah, to and, say. And, and, we're, and look, we're waiting because every year we get like we're later with our stuff. So I know the award the awards are rolling out next week, and then we have we have our show. So we we just this year like we just every year we bastardize our show, unfortunately. So we've kind of all made a, a gentleman's agreement to like before we go on other shows and talk about it, we're gonna we're gonna get that done. So uh, can, let me we'll, ask you we'll, let me ask you a question: Can we can we do a consensus predictions? Is that on the table? Consensus is out already. Nope. Consen oh, no. Consen nope. Monday. Consensus oh, oh, is oh, Monday. I'll... Yeah, you can do a consensus prediction. I have no problem with that. So, um... <sighs> I don't know what's taking number one. It's hard. I think you know, it's between I, I three think cigars. I, I, between... I, I, I think I have the order, but yeah, I think you're going to have the same three cigars. See, for me... Um... See for me, I um, I thought I had a good understand. I thought, well, not understand. I thought I had a good idea before the half wheel in house list came out, and then I saw that list and I said, "Hmm, that changes a couple of things." I mean, not completely. That list doesn't wait more though. Right. I mean, every list waits the same. So I was like, "That's interesting," um, but I still think. First of all, you know Sokka is going to be all over that list. I mean, it's just it's, now that's let's just get the easy ones out of the way. We know Sokka is going to be Sokka. on that list. <laughs> did did he make it last year with Palad? Yeah, he did. I have this up. He, yeah, yeah that, he was, that was number was, two. That was number so, two. I got a lot of so, hot water with that. So. so can he make Paladin? Can the can the Paladin make it again? Like, is that even yeah. allowed? Yes. Has a cigar ever made the consensus twice? Yes. Yes. Okay. Technically. So, so and Sokka, and Sokka made it 
several years in a row with Silver Mesa. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So, you know, the problem is, is that he has the Bewitched, he has the Saka Khan, and he has the Paladin. And there were some people that decide to only put like, oh, I'm just going to put one brand, and I feel like this cigar was the best from that brand. And sometimes that can mess the numbers up because now he's got numbers that are skewing three ways and they were all, you know, they all placed well on lists. So I feel like at least one of those is going to make the consensus, possibly even two of them. He might even hit two on the consensus with the, I think it would be between the Saka Khan and the Paladin. I don't think it's going to be number one though. I don't think Saka is going to get number one consensus this year. I don't either. Well, so I'm predicting he will get number one Saka Khan. Um, really? You think you number, think the Saka Khan will be the number one consensus? I think it will be number one consensus on Monday. Okay. Uh, number two. I think it will be the Olmec. The Olmec Maduro. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that will be my number two, and then number three will be Espinosa, Knuckle Sandwich, and Cabana. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say my list would go one Olmec, two Saka Khan, and three Knuckle Sandwich, but it's gonna be. It really, I, I, I don't, I'd have to see what list they're taking from. And like, again, their algorithm, you know, it depends on where it's placing and how often. And, but those, those three, I think definitely were on a lot of lists. We're placed well. And, uh, I don't think yeah. there's, I'd be surprised if it's any other three cigars in the top I, three. I do think, I do think Paladin to Sock is top 10. And I think yeah. Alfonso will get top 10 as well now. Cause now it's got yeah. like three number ones, I think. So, well, the only problem with that is we gave it number one. They gave it number one. It got number one, I think, on the Ash Holes podcast, but I don't know if the Ash Holes podcast gets counted in the consensus. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think, I don't think and so. And I don't think it does. It's a retail show. D- re- Dave is on show. there now, and he's promoting a, a six-pack on it or something like that. But I, if so... I remember correctly, Dave and two guys in the Scarthard, all that is usually disqualified because they're a retailer. So the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which I agree. By the way, I know Dave doesn't like it, and I, if he's listening, I'm sorry, but I do agree with that. Um, no, I agree and, with it. Um, it's it's a tough one, and I, look, Cigar Authority very much is a media brand. Right? It is, and they operate like a media brand. But unfortunately, there's other retailers who do this type of stuff that don't operate as a media brand. So you can't like set, you can't just include these guys and not the other guys. You just can't. Um, and like I said, I know he's probably gonna be mad at me for saying that. But it's nothing to discredit because they have a they have a they have a true um, media operation. I've been there, you know, man. I was I was really impressed. Oh yeah. They operate they operate very much like a media entity. So that's not taking anything away from what they do. Yeah. I mean, I now here's I, I would here's say. My thing with, oh, it, go ahead, Matt. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, I I under I understand the logic behind it. Um, you know, I w- I wish their stuff could be on that list because i'm you know because they i mean look they their cigar of the year list usually pulls in some attention too and and it i think it's a big deal but um but i i also understand the logic behind it so it's kind of a, a two-edged sword there and um uh, it's it, you know it is what it is but yeah I, I think that would be the only thing with the alfonso i don't know if that placed on any other lists um, so i think dojo just... gave it number one luxury Exactly. I, I was gonna say. Few, I saw it on a few others. I did see it on a few others. So, so yeah, it, I, it it could have the it could have the the weight to to get at least in the top ten. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know if Half Wheel is going to consider like a side selection like that. Um, like again, I think what Dojo do like kind of two lists. It's like main, regular, and then and then limited, and then they've got some other uh, like awards for like three or four other. Like I think Sokka won like special cigar of the year, or like or I forget what they called it, but it was they uh, they created some category for yeah the still a star which I I didn't understand star. I love Eric but I didn't <laughs> understand that that cigar was out for a month and a half how does it get a category in its own because it, in reality the innovation was with the original Stillwell stars I, right I think part of it is that their deadline is January first. 2021 to December 31st, 2022, and they anything within that time span gets on the list. Once it's once it's beyond that, it's not on the list. So technically, they wouldn't be able to put it on their list for next year. I think that's the main so, thing. Is so so the only way I would do that, right? And this is me. Is I'd probably do my list in May if that was the case. But to do a cigar of the year list in May is like stupid, right? No one's exactly. gonna pay attention. So, exactly. So I, I changed I changed my year from November first to October thirty first, but nothing after the trade show gets considered. Because uh, yeah. I just and the other problem is with that is it's a uh, as a reviewer and I believe every cigar on the list should if you're a reviewer, every cigar on the list should be reviewed. There was always this push at the end of the year where you, where you had all these cigars stacked up and it was just you weren't doing it justice anymore. So that's why I changed it. Uh Jay asked Sorry, I just want to add this in here. Um, Jay asked, are Cuban cigars considered in the consensus? I believe so, if I remember correctly. Um, I believe so. I think in, there may have been one or two years it happened. But, again, most of the reviewers in the U.S. are not reviewing Cubans. They, and then, especially in the calendar year, it's it's almost impossible you know, to do it because they're hard to get some of those Cubans. Well, Charlie made a very good point at the end of the top 25 show because they, you know, they bring up the, the countries, you know, there was two from Costa Rica. There was X amount from Honduras, X amount from the Dominican. And then there was like 15 of them from Nicaragua. Um, and then he, he made a comment like, you notice how there's no Cubans on the list. And, and he, he actually addressed something, which I think is a good point. And it also kind of goes along with this too. You have to consider as well that, Half Whale and Coop and Smoking Tobacco, most of us, we do the list based on what's new, not the cigar aficionado, like just everybody. Um, and Habanos only put out, I think, three new cigars last year, and two of them Habanos didn't even acknowledge. So there wasn't even really a lot of new Cuban cigars that came out. So, I mean, you're talking like two or three. And then, you know, across the people who do review them, who got them, reviewed them, where they ranked. I mean, by the time you break that all down, there's really not a lot to go around. So that also yeah. is a factor. But yes, Jay, I think they, they are eligible, but I just I don't think there's enough there for what the consensus is. You, you know what's interesting about the consensus? I know we're kind of getting on this, but um, <laughs> and you, you know my thing. You know my feeling on store exclusives, right? I yeah, yeah. Think but let me tell you, you go back to the consensus in 2011, there were a lot of store exclusives showing up on that list at that time. Um, and it's kind of changed over the last few years. It had, but I remember, like, Abe's, uh, the smoke-in stuff was making the consensus. Um, and it was because, you know, a lot of people, those guys were getting put in a lot of people's hands. I think now, unfortunately, I think now the market's just shot itself in the foot and everyone's doing it. And now... Uh, when you say the smoke, smoke. When, sorry, when you say the smoke and stuff, are you referring to like the micro blends and stuff, or are you oh, referring yeah. to like oh, yeah. the, the great smoke stuff? 
Uh, the micro blend stuff. This whole okay. I actually was including that stuff until 2015 is when I decided no longer to include it, but and that was because there was so much more national stuff to include at that point. And the other thing, to be honest with you, is the retailers do such a bad job at promoting these shop exclusives <laughs> that that what happens is there's stuff you don't know about, and so it's like I just. And, and the numbers have gone down every year. I've, I've talked a lot about that. It's just I don't see my audience interested in that anymore. It's just not – there's no interest for my audience in store exclusives anymore. So I just – I've moved on from it. But but back then, I think there was still some very good ones. Pete was doing some good ones back then. Um, Viaje would show up even on with some of their exclusives. So it's, uh, it's definitely um, – it's definitely changed. I think it's the problem is the market's gotten too saturated with that stuff now. And now it's not as good yeah. stuff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, Kevin Kevin made a, an interesting comment here. I feel that the cigar of the year list should be based on a fiscal year. That's October what I did, yeah. 1st through September 30th gives you 3 months to get everything together for the end of the year and moves fall holiday releases which seem to be happening more and more to the following calendar year. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I'm debating moving the date actually to September 30th too, uh, going forward. Um, I haven't decided that yet, but but like I said, nothing after the trade show will be considered anymore. And, and so the bad part about that is my list has a lot of 2021 stuff on the 22 list. That's, that's the negative that happens with that. Yes, our, ours had some as well. Um, just because of the way certain things fell last year, we did move our timeline this year. As you know, me and Mitchell talked about earlier uh, before we started this year's Cigar of the Year list. Um, we we moved it to October. Um, so this year we had, we had more 21 releases on the list, but I think moving forward there'll, there'll be less. Of, I mean, there's still going to be some of the prior year, but there won't be as many as there were, say, like this year and, and the year before. Um, it, it really depends how you're looking to do the list is what I'll say. So if you're someone who wants – like Bear and I, we subscribe to the thought is we want to see how the cigar performs over a period of time. So Bear's list is very similar to that. Aaron Loomis's list is pretty much how did it smoke at that point during the year. So, that you know, I'm not, one's not wrong. It's a preference thing more than others. So, you know, I think um, I think there's room – and Dojo's I think is the same thing. It's how it performed at that point in the year is what they look at. So it's not wrong. It's just a different philosophy. They all they also like do a voting system at the end. I think what they have four or five, even six people that contribute uh, for dojo that contribute like what they think should be on the list, and they they value each point, and then they all argue for like two weeks, and then come out with the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and that's and, and you know, like I know for example, developing palace, they base it strictly on the scores, and they just yeah. deposit the scores. Um, and, but on the other point is I think there is subjectivity, uh, that should be like my opinion, it should be subjective. So like, for example, I had a, I had a lot of scars at 92 points, but there was a 91 point cigar that kind of in the end jumped up. So and that can happen when you're looking at something over a period of time. And I agree with that. I, th I think that's uh, a fair, a fair, uh, judgment. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like said, no, it's, no way that's, is that's, wrong. No way's wrong. It's it's there's different um there's different ways. Just like I say, if someone wants to include a shop exclusive, there's uh, more power to them. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I just I don't. It's just not what my thing to do. 
or if someone wants to – I don't exclude Cubans. And, and one thing I do is I don't limit the amount of cigars I can get on a list from one company, um, you know, and I don't at the same time have quotas either. So it's yeah. – you know, I had I had several multiples in my top ten this year, as people know. So. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up tonight, kind of a shorter topic, but I, I wanted to acknowledge it. I know we've talked about it a few times. Um, for those who who haven't heard, um, there is a new vice president of sales in the industry, uh, and it is how about that cigar's very own Garrett Robinson, um, who will be the vice president of sales at Don Dorteo Cigars. Um, very small boutique brand, but uh, wishing him all the best. Uh, Coop, I know we had this on the list for tonight, so yeah. I just wanted to to bring that up and and um, and give a shout out to Garrett once again. Yeah, good for Garrett. Congrats. First of all, I know Garrett's been high on this brand for a long time. Going oh, back yeah. to the trade. Uh, good story behind the brand. If you don't know Don Dorteo, the door, like, the guy behind the brand, uh, his family used to grow tobacco for La Aurora. Like they were growers, his family. Now, uh, now the guy who's running Don Dorteo, is, I forget his name. I, I should know it. His name's Juan something. Uh, he's making the cigars at La Aurora. And they only have one blend now, but I know that the line's expanding. And, you know, they need someone. So Garrett's going to be like chef, cook, and bottle washer for a while. Um, I don't see him going out and hiring a sales team very quickly. Maybe he'll bring some brokers in. But I don't see him, like, I don't see him bringing in a house team for a while. Uh, but it gives, it's a low-risk move for, for Garrett and the company. You know, give Garrett a chance to grow into that role which I think he's more than capable of doing. So uh, I wish him a lot of luck. It's always good to see a media guy get a shot like this. And uh, if Don Dorteo takes off, I mean, he's going to be in a very nice position in a few years. Very true. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Congratulations to uh, to Garrett. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'll, I'll always consider him one of us. You know, that's where yeah. he came from. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of for, – for, for, for for us it's kind of like a it's like one of our own you know it, you know he came from media and um you know i i love those guys to death so um, yeah no he's good they're good guys um i had a great time with them in minnesota and he's already oh, yeah. said on the show that he's gonna keep everything with don Torte don Torteo very separate from how about that cigar he's been very clear that you know it's two different paths in his life and he wants to keep as much bias out of their show as possible and um, I think that's like, you know, just Smart. straight up coming out and saying that it's just really nice to hear. Right. Obviously, yeah. it's you know, there's there's it's impossible to to remove all bias, but at least having knowledge that there that it's there and that he's making the best effort to have it be two separate things is uh, is really good to hear. Yep, I agree. Hey, Matt, I see Skip's comment. Do you want to address that one? Because I think there's a I think you guys have a little history with that that maybe we should talk about. With the consumer picking, you know what? Okay, choice. yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I think it's, I understand where he's coming from, but there's a lot of pitfalls with that, and I think you have some firsthand experience with that. We do. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, first of all, Skip, very, very honest and very good statement, right? Um, it is. It is. And, it is. And, but the problem with that is that sometimes. Those public polls, if they're not really done very well, um, especially programming and software-wise or just however it's set up, um, 
there can be issues with it. As Matt, we, just say it. Brands will cheat to get more votes. And it and and oh hack. <laughs> uh, Brands will hack and, and cheat to get more votes, and that's the problem. And it always has been with all those kinds of things. Or 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 bribe, or bribe. Yep. I've seen the bribery thing. So yep. I remember like, Cigar Federation years ago. They used to do a uh, bracketology, um, like a NCAA tournament of cigars, right? And one year, this company called Bodega Cigars won the whole tournament by a landslide, <laughs> Be- beating out the Opus X in the finale. And there was, again, well, who did these votes come from? Bodega's out of business today, okay? And, and the cigars were not good, okay? But they were able to, you know, when you – you can put volume and put things in there that, that can manipulate that. So it, it's unfortunate because ideally what Skip says, I would love to see it happen in a pure sense, right? Unfortunately, it never comes out like that. Hey, Coop, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Would you, would you, say, would you say that uh, – would you agree with the statement, I would say that the media are also consumers, so you're getting the opinions of a consumer? Yes and no. I think it dep- I, I think right now I'm no longer uh, an average consumer uh, because I'm smoking now for reviews so intensely. Uh, it's a little different. Where you know consumers are just smoking strictly for enjoyment. Yeah. So I mean, I think we're. I think we're unfortunately not. That's my opinion. I don't think we're not. And that's not to say we're better than the consumer. I think consumers sometimes really have the pulse. Like I said, I would love to see this purely come out. Where it's not biased, um, you know. I saw some things. You know, the problem is, you know, here's another thing. A guy like Steve Saka just won a whole bunch of things from Ash Quarterly, but Saka's popularity cannot be questioned, right? So, again, are the consumers voting because I think there's more of a brand affiliation with those guys as opposed to a blend affiliation. And I think Saka's brand is as hot as they are right now. Yeah, and people are just connected with that brand. They connect, so they vote for that. So. Again, I think maybe that's a good – but there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe there's a good representation for how hot soccer is right now. But I think it, what we do is we're looking at the – we're looking more at blend evaluation for the best of And And I have been part of like some fan or consumer-based voting things where like they'll do bracketology, like brand-on-brand brand kind of things. I've seen a few people do that on Instagram. And at the end of the day, like, you know, the – like – the media corporation that was doing it, they had an affiliation with one brand and like they outright always say like, we really like this brand and that brand came out winning it all, even though they might not have necessarily. And it's like, you know, they don't necessarily mean to be biased, but they're just like, yeah, we just like these guys. They come on our show a lot, blah, 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 blah. And so their fans like that brand. And so it is no matter how you look at it with all of these voting things, we just have to, come out at the end of the day and say there's bias acknowledge the bias and that's why and and take what we can from each its own list right great point and look as a media person i have to have a subjectivity people are asking me what i think was good you go to a trade show they ask you what you think is good and i have to tell them and especially this is where we differ from the influences if something's bad i gotta say it I mean, it's not. I don't want to hurt feelings or anything, but you know, it's it's. And I'm look. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone, but that's what kind of my role is. On the other hand, with consumers, I think what's what's really interesting is 
when this whole Ash Quarterly thing happened, I think it just showed how powerful soccer is. And I think there is a measurement and a place to show that. Um, you know, right now, could someone top Steve in the next couple of years with this? That's what I, that's now what I'm wondering is like, what do they do in the next couple of years? Is Ash Quarterly eventually, does someone eventually top soccer on the Ash Quarterly thing? So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm not discounting it at all. I think, but I think it's different from what we do. Um, I agree, you know, and, and I think you made a good point, you know, and the influencer conversation has definitely been one that's popped up a lot in the last couple of years, but I think there is a universal truth to the difference between us and them. Um, yeah. It's not and a there's, dis- there's some really good ones out there. There's some really good ones out there, so I don't want to knock them all. Yeah. Right, and it's not a disrespect thing, but there is definitely a fine line between just promoting cigars and making them, you know, and promoting brands or specific cigars or whatever. And, you know, actually sitting here and saying, like, I think that they missed the boat on this cigar. Doesn't yeah, taste right. I mean, doesn't it, burn right. And you got you got to – the thing – and I think the other thing that really differentiates the media from the average consumer is that we do get, for the most part, way more analytical over a lot of pieces – whether it's the yes. cigars, the companies, whatever. Yeah. And then we have to go out there and give a, a full statement as to why yay or nay. So yay or nay, and they have to explain why. Um, and especially when you're reviewing a cigar. I mean, you're you're not – when you smoke a cigar for a review, it's not like you're hanging out enjoying the cigar. Like you're smoking that and you're paying so much attention to it. You're following every little aspect of it, the way it burns, the way it draws, the flavor, how it transitions. There's so many things that happen and you do that multiple times that you're not really sitting there just mindlessly enjoying the cigar. I mean, this cigar is good. Like you're, you're, you're almost you're too focused on the cigar to really be enjoying it, um, taking notes, writing things down, you know, being very critical of it. That for me is kind of a big difference. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's like I said, it's what like some people don't like it, but there is an expectation. The worst thing I could do is recommend a cigar, and it's a freaking dog rock. Right. Then, then how do I look? Right. It's now, the, the other. Th- now I hear the people say, "Well, don't talk. Well, don't talk about it." Well, the problem is again that you have to talk about it, right? That's you have to, right? Because then we're not doing our job, right? So yep. the idea is not we shouldn't we, we shouldn't be destructive with it. We shouldn't be personal about it. But um, you know, we we there was one cigar issue that was reviewed on Coop, really scored low from Ben Lee, and there were problems with that cigar. It turned out internally, we found out later on. And the company didn't get mad at us. There was issues, and they knew why it scored bad. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it happens. It does. Um, and while we're on the topic, I, I was listening to the Cigar Authority today, and Barry hit, and I remembered that Barry wrote a piece on influencers for Cigar Journal, and I think it comes out in the next issue. So I'm very curious to see what he wrote because if anybody knows Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I can only uh, I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope Barry was objective on that because there are some really good influences out there that I would hate to see. But there, but look, we have bad apples on the media side too. So I think it's oh, a yeah. bit of bl- to say, oh, all the influence are bad. Look, there are media guys that I think need to get the hell out, right? I mean, but same with the influence. There's, there's good apples and bad apples. It's just a different paradigm that what they're doing um, yeah. as far as that goes. Um, as far so, as that goes. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm curious. Are, to see what, I know Barry's got some opinions because when I was up there, we had a conversation. I remember we had this conversation. So I'm curious. I didn't know about this. So this is interesting. I'm gonna have to see this. M- Mitchell's been trying to say something for the last like. No, I just minutes. yeah. Go ahead, man. I just, <laughs> I oh, just ahead, Coop, Coop lit up a new cigar. I was just wondering what he uh, lit up and and how uh, it's because we're talking about J.C. Newman. I lit up the uh, the uh, J.C. Newman Black Diamond. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I have that with me. Maybe I might that light up for my second cigar too. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Very. T- we'll I mean, see. they did great. I'm a. I was a fan of the original Black Diamond. It made my list a few years ago. Um, this one's. They did. I understand why they made some. I love the changes they made. I think the packaging looks better. Uh, it's a fantastic star. Yeah. yeah. And Matt, how's your? Uh, how's your All Saints? Without question, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. mean, great comment by Herb, by the way. I agree with him. To Colorado. Yeah, it's a good one. I. I yeah, I just brought that up. Um, there's a, there's a lot of. A lot of feedback in the chat room right now. For for everyone yeah, who says that they don't care about cigar reviews, every time we talk about this stuff, whether it's scoring or end of year list, or there is so much, we get more comments about this, right? So you know, I, I can't tell. Well, no, I don't read reviews. I don't pay attention. Everyone pays attention to them. You might not like them, especially if you don't like them. You're going to read them because you want to say how you don't. You know, like, see, I told you so. You know. For sure. The giant. The giant scored. Hey, they're Yay. they're not out yet. They're not out yet. What's the score here? Whoop 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 diddly do. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, someone, someone in the playoffs already made a twenty what twenty seven zero comeback already. So hey, you know you yeah, never know. Yeah. Oh, that was a mess. Yeah. What Jacksonville? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, I mean, if, if Jacksonville can do it, I guess the Giants could do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the Eagles. The Eagles are. I respect this Eagles team. I, no, this I Eagles team is a little bit of a. I think that coach is a good coach too, even though he's a little bit of a clown. But uh... yeah, this this Eagles team is one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I got to root for my Philadelphia brothers if they go further. So uh, I have loyalty to Philadelphia. Now, Coop, on your note, you know, people not caring about lists. You know, I just wanted to put, uh, quick some pick up some quick data here. Um, you know, our our highest viewed show in the last I don't know six couple months outside of uh a few of these um how to's is the smoke and tobacco 2022 cigar of the year list it's got it pretty much doubles or even triples almost every other video so yep people are obviously yep. caring about this stuff that, oh they do i mean look the countdown is my biggest traffic thing of the year it, it's yeah it's, it's a it, why it's 30 days is because i keep 30 days of interest going with that and then the awards are going to be another big thing that's the other uh, so it's really it's really end of years first, and PCA is kind of one and one A. They tend to go back and forth, but lately the, the end of the, this was our biggest month in six years on Coop. It was the second biggest month of all time. Congratulations! Thank you. So I mean, people look at you go look at everyone's. Uh, the, if you look at the videos, you can really see the numbers are high for this stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's what I was looking at. So, yeah, Our, ours were ours are not so much on YouTube, but we get the downloads are really where Coop's, the Coop strength always is. So yeah. we do very well with downloads. I'm lighting are up. Are you getting into your second cigar there, Matt? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm getting it ready. I'm almost, I'm almost yeah. there with this, with this Churchill. Oh, and uh, this Yagua is just. I'm getting a really nice chocolatey kind of cocoa note off this kind of start to the final third here. It's been smoking really nice through the entire thing. The, the spice, this this whiskey is 66%, so it's hot. 
And I, I kind of describe it as a nice cinnamon apple pie. And it really brings out the sweetness of the whiskey. Really yeah. brings out the is sweetness. That a, is of that a rye? Uh, it is. It's a it's a rye. Yeah. Most right. Canadian is, is rye whiskey. Right. So, yeah, this, this pairing is really nice. I, I knew this Yago was going to have some strength behind it, especially like strong flavor profile being Connecticut Broadleaf and Nicaraguan binder and fillers. And so I wanted something a little strong to pair with it, and it's going really well. Yeah, this uh, nice start for this Black Diamond as well. Uh, really, uh, they did a nice job really kind of, I think, tweaking the blend a bit. They made it better. So we'll see if this lands on the list for them, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna next. I'm gonna light up the uh, the Camacho Factory Unleashed Toro. Um, got that sitting ready on deck. Is this going. the one that Coop blasted on? Uh, on Dojo? No, no, <laughs> no that, that was a two. That was, that was a two. Yeah, that was the two. <laughs> like, Mitch is, see, this is why I love Mitchell. He is like on top of every detail. I, I was telling Matt about this story. I said, "Yeah, I was on Dojo. We did this like first impressions." And I, I dude, look, Coop, and Davido, Coop got Davido blasted. Oh, and the whole, whole dojo community, like, revolted on me. I was getting, right? So, but I, look, Davidoff's a sponsor of mine. I just, I didn't think it was a good cigar. I'm sorry. It was a, you, you know, Coop, get, <laughs> that, 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 uh, <laughs> when you gave it that score, and then you came on for the, uh, what was it, the the draft? You know, I think they were getting back at you for that. They were, they were, oh, weren't voting it, you, it, they weren't, they weren't voting at you because they knew, they remembered, <laughs> they remembered. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> I remembered. Oh, I mean, so there are two things that got me the most anti-mail when it comes to a review. Okay, number one was when I when I did, when I killed the sin the original sin compromiso. I gave it an eighty-nine. I didn't kill it, and people just blasted me on that, right? And then this thing with the Camacho was like revolt city on me. Eighty-nine's oh, not eighty-nine's not a bad score. I mean, oh, but so you should. It's a ninety-six, and my you know these these soccer, dude, every the soccer. There's soccer people who like very again they're very loyal. Any other ninety five, they're gonna kill you on right. One sure, person sure. accused me of, of costing soccer the consensus that year. <laughs> if you would have had it in the top ten, soccer would have got number one. Sincar Parmiso. He's right. It would. It was when I looked at Charlie's data, it would have happened. So, <laughs> it's all your fault. It was I my fault. Charlie, that soccer got a... Charlie just gave uh, the this the still the Stillwell star year 2022 an 88 and people are like this is way better what are you doing giving it an 88 that's what happens it's and, like dude 88 is a really good score like it's i would pick that cigar up anytime and he jay, literally the, says jay davis said uh, 89 is a great cigar rating the soccer nation is out of control it's like look, you can't make nine plus i i'm gonna say this that's the you got a student you come to they have a big connection, and he's connected with his audience. He deserves credit on that. Uh, I, I, I like – again, I like when I get that feedback because, again, it's showing people are interested. They may not like what I say, but they're interested in what I said. So You know, Kevin, Kevin brought up something interesting that happened earlier this year, and he said the review that caused a big stir that I can remember is Half Wheel's review of the Cerberus. If I remember correctly, Charlie did it, and he gave it like a 76 or a 77. Um. And if you Ben killed it, Ben killed it on our side too. Just so you Ben know. killed it, so yep. I was gonna say Halfway wasn't alone because Ben killed it too. Thank um, you about eighty four, I think. Yeah, he didn't like it either. And if you read, I don't rem I don't remember I don't remember Ben's, but I remember on Charlie's. I mean, if you if you actually take the time to read the reviews, side note, construction issues. One of the problems with the reviews is that we spend so much time making them so detailed. 
and people see review and they go scroll, 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 scroll. And they look at the score, and when it's be- which and if it's a great score, whatever, the, they don't care. Oh, I got a ninety-one. That's all I care about. But when it's a bad score, scroll, 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 scroll. Seventy-five. Well, I have to start making my comments. Well, did you read why I scored that low? Probably not. I mean, if you read the reviews, like Mitchell just said, that Cerberus, if I remember correctly, one of the biggest issues Charlie had was it was every single cigar he smoked had extremely bad construction and burn issues. Yep. Um, of yeah, course, they're going to lose a lot of points for that if it's if it's if if it's barely yeah. smokable. I mean, why is it going to score high at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, fair again, is fair. The dojo, but the dojo guys love that cigar. They they gave it a top ten. So again, yep. you know, maybe they had a better. They could have had a better experience. So again, you know. Um, but the funny thing is, Matt, is when I get – I have detailed reviews. You guys have detailed <laughs> reviews. But the best thing is when I get a call from the company, well, why did you give it that score? I said, did you read the review? It, it, the explanation is in there, right? There's nothing more I have to add to this. And that's yeah. what my answer will be every time. Uh, and I don't make excuses. I said, go in there, and if you see something you don't like what I read, call me back, and we'll have a discussion on that. But if you want to know why you got that score, that's what the write-up's about, you know? No, it's true, you know, and at the like, and with reviews, we we have to value construction at at you know uh, a certain level, and if it's just not performing well, again, and on another one on the soccer list, like I think they gave Bewitched an eighty-four. People were just like, "What the heck?" And that was the again, one that Charlie just... said tasted like a stale um, Whopper from nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> 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 it was... So, I just thought it was you know, so funny. <laughs> like, what the you guys? Are like, you guys read a lot more half than I do. <laughs> you know, uh, like I think what I my last review I gave gave out was an eighty four and eighty five, and same thing is it was mainly construction issues leading to off putting flavors, multiple relights, and there's there's just nothing you can do about that. Like, you got to be open and honest, and you know, we're I'm smoking multiple samples, and when the majority of samples are like that, what do you do? Yeah, it's I, funny. It's funny you bring that up, Mitchell, because I was just going to say, if, if, if not horrible of a score, but definitely not great. Um, Mitchell had, we just put out a review that Mitchell did on the Saga Short Tales Tomo 7, Tales of the Land, and uh, that he scored an 84. So, I mean. It was, that, you know, I've been a big fan of the Saga series. That one was the one that scored the lowest on mine. I know a lot of people had the same issues Mitchell did with that. Uh, and I have to be honest. Is, but the, yeah, you have to be honest. The number six though was my cigar of the year in 2019. So, but that's a completely different animal. What they did exactly, and, it can happen. And right? look, they're and they're and they are my longest time sponsor, by the way. Saga has been with me the longest. Uh, I have a long time relationship with them. And look, it happens sometimes. They, they, you and, know, they've gotten cigar of the year, but other times it's not going to work out. You know, I feel like you almost, if you're not honest about it, you're doing them a disservice because at the end of the day, that company should know that they are having issues, so that they can look back and say. What did we do wrong here? How can we fix it to make it better? Uh, I had that experience with um, a company where um, I killed their cigar. I think I gave it like an 86. And uh, about a month later, the owner calls me up and he's like, hey, I want to be a sponsor with you guys. right?" And I'm like, I was a little surprised because right? I killed it. And we go through the whole thing and they sign the sponsor agreement. And he goes, hey, by the way, about that like 86 you gave us, right? Um, I said, look, I said, I had to be on. He goes, look, we took that input very seriously that you gave so um that's part yeah. of why i went and, and because we wanted to make sure that you know we, we don't want to have a problem with our cigars and and he took that input and, and he was a, he stayed with me for a long time uh he's a little bit he's out of the business right now this guy but he's uh well not out of business he's on hiatus right now i should say but 
uh, you know, he was he was very good to us. So, but, uh, and he but, had other good cigars that came out. But Coop, you know, right there, that story—that's the difference between someone who sees the negative review and they take it like, you know what, honest feedback, and you know what, we'll work on it. Versus someone who sees the bad score and goes, "That's the best cigar I've ever made. I don't agree with you." And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 sometimes, yeah. I mean. You know what's unfair? You go back to Charlie. So I get a lot of phone calls after Charlie gives a bad score and my score is higher. And they said, well, why did Charlie give us this? I said, I said, look, all I can tell you is that this is what my experience is. you got to have a talk with yeah. Charlie, but he has it in his – again, he has it in his review. But it's not fair to me to say Charlie's wrong because he's – you know, again, it's a subjective thing. It's a different experience. And, you know, for me to comment on that, you know, I could disagree with it certainly by our score. But, again, it's not fair for me to – to, to you know that I shouldn't you sh- we shouldn't do that with any competitor or you know called compatriot no. and yeah I, I, I mean, love want- I love how people call Coop for other things people do you know Loomis gives a five point two Coop's getting a call <laughs> well well the best is when I walked into Alec Bradley the day they can stay when I was at that meeting I talked about Alec Bradley where I was smoking when he gave me the uh, the Broadway Developing Palace publishes the review for the Kintsugi. Bradley walks, oh, Alec Rubin walks in, he goes, hey, developing palace just killed the Kintsugi. He's like, <laughs> Yep, Coop gets the flack for everything. Uh, yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> it's because Coop will answer the phone. Yeah, I know, I just saw. Uh, this time, I, I mean, this, I'm glad with the awards coming out next week, I'm in, I'm in Nicaragua. <laughs> so, <laughs> that always, the awards are worse than the Cigar of the Year list. When I put the awards out, I get so much whining about it. Yeah, I, I th- that one. I, there's already been a few people, and our the rest of our awards aren't even finalized yet because we've just been a little bit behind on it. But there's already been people who were like, "So oh, are you doing this? You doing this?" And oh, someone else did uh, did some awards and uh, they weren't happy about it. And and I'm like, I mean. Hey, they're not my awards, so yeah. don't be you, mad at me for that. But which they weren't. It was you know more. But it, it, people, I've seen it. Yeah, it, it's almost like people definitely get more critical over the reviews than like the cigar like awards themselves, or over than than like the the factory of the year or like company of the year. I, I know there was no. They they get they get pissed about that. Trust me, I've gotten it every year. Yeah. On that, on that. trust me, it's 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 been worse in a lot of ways. Because they think everyone thinks they had the best year. Yeah, I, I know. That... At, I I saw some of Charlie's the comments on Charlie's awards this year. I thought, guys, I, I didn't think they did a bad job with their selections this year either. I so. was gonna say, did you guys read the? I again, where this is a end of the year stuff. I don't know if we want to keep going down this road, but yeah, the. No, I mean it's, it's some of the stories this, and stuff. Yeah. Did you see the 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 Skip Martin debacle I, with? People, I think we all people did. People telling me about it. I haven't, but uh, again, I don't read half well, so. Uh, yes. but I, I don't, yeah, so, the only uh, reason I knew about it is because, you know, look, Skip makes great cigars and, and he does a good thing. I, I know at times he can he can create some controversy or he can be involved in controversy. And uh, but I mean, he's not the only one. I mean, and, and, and it's part of it's part of Ristay. I mean, that guy this. is 20 times worse than Skip. Um, <laughs> I, I know Shia, Shia, Shia Goldberg has made some 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 statements on social media in the past that I know have gone deep um, I've, that I've seen. Um, but I mean, in all fairness to Skip, I mean they I think it was yeah Half Wheel did their Factory of the Year, and I don't even remember who they gave it to. Was it Factory? Yeah, it was the Factory of the Year. Roma Crap. They gave it to Roma Crap. Yeah, they gave it to right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. They did. They gave it. They gave it to Roma Craft. 
And then someone had commented and said, like, oh, yeah, like, they completely missed this. Like, that is an unimpressive factory and this and that. And, you know, to Skip's credit, I mean, it is it is not easy to build your own factory, run it, and deal with all that, you know, while also trying to make good cigars. I mean, you get all the back-end stuff. Um, and, you know, he, he took it personally, and he got, he got really upset. And, he you know, he went to social media, and he went to the comments. And, and you know, to be f- to be somewhat fair, I mean, I guess if, if it was me, I'd be pissed too, uh, and I and I feel like I'd have something to say. I, I don't know if I would say exactly what he said, but I mean, I would try to defend myself too. But you know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, it is it is all subjective to a degree. I mean, it you know, uh, Half Wheel's gonna have a factory of the year. Coop's gonna have a factory of the year. I mean, it, it it's it's all gonna be, um, it's all gonna be different. But yep. Yeah, I'll say this. They were our first factory, small factory of the year winner, and every year they've been nominated. Every year they're in it. So, um, you know, again, it comes by. They, I think they smoked a little more than we did from that factory this year. And, look, i got to say this. He's done a great job. I mean, I've never had a, I mean, I've never had a quality issue with his cigars, Skip. And I'll say this. He had a number four cigar of the year on my list this year with the Postani coming out of that factory. So it, they had a good year. They they did and and, and uh, I can look. Skip has a right to defend himself. If we're gonna throw darts out there as, as media or consumers, then you gotta be able to take the darts back. And, and good for Skip for standing up for his brand there. Agreed. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, like Kevin said uh, I'm not a huge fan of Skip, but I don't really have an issue with what he said about that post. I think he was justified. Um, uh, I I look again. I haven't been to that factory, but I know the quality is coming out of that factory, and I. I can't remember the last time I've had a, const- I, a construction issue from Skip's back. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. It's, it's, yeah. Coop Jay actually has a question for you. Um, he wants to know when you rate Factory of the Year, is it based only on new cigars or also the maintenance of existing blends? Both. Yeah. Innovation and quality. Innovation and quality are the two key things. So you know, and this has come up with a couple of factories that like, and we've people have noted if they got bad cigars out of that factory this year, that's not considered. But, but at the same time, it's not just because you came out with a whole bunch of new stuff. So that's how we rate the fact. It's, it's, it's a combination of innovation and quality. I'm trying to remember. There was one, like, one year. Last year, um, I think I got last year, but I know, like, one year. Companies also similar. Companies also similar. And, like, Last year, the company at one with Jerry got small company of the year, and they didn't do a lot of new releases, but they just kind of, I think, really, their line extensions really hit well, and that's how we ended up voting that. I don't know what just happened, but I was trying to cut the cigar. <laughs> you almost just cut your finger off. Did you see that? <laughs> I, I was holding on to the band, and I went to push and cut, and the whole band just went right up to the fucking thing. I'll, I'll, like... I'll say this. When you, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't normally give hints, but when you see the voting for Small Factory of the Year, I want people to go back and remember Jay's question. Cause it kind of, you'll see how it went in the voting. Okay. We publish our, we, we publish our votes, by the way. So we disclose everything, oh, who voted for that's what. That's good. Yeah, we don't. There's no secrets of the weight tables out there. But I think when you see how certain people voted, Jay's question is going to really come into play with that this year. Yeah, tr- transparency and analytics is another thing that all media should be working on all the time. Yeah, we don't. Do really we don't job. hide. Thank you. We don't hide anything. There's nothing to hide on that. So, and then what's great about that is when I get yelled at, I'm like, well, look, I voted. I can't, I can't say you see how I voted. Go yell at the other guys. That's you know, and I don't think you should yell at the other guys. So, but I'm just saying. 
it's uh you know it kind of takes me out of it. I don't influence any of the votes that are happening. That's good. Coop, I know uh, we also wanted to talk about the uh, national sales meetings. Yes, national sales meetings. Uh, I want to talk about this, right? I know you do. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just getting out of time. <laughs> I, and I've talked about this before, but I want to bring it up. Have anyone noticed, like, national sales meetings? Like, there's two types of them in the cigar industry, right? There's ones where actually people have to sit there and go through PowerPoints, and that's kind of what I go through on my day job, right? You have to sit there, and there's a lot of sales data presented. And uh, then there's these other ones where all I see people doing is they're in the factory, like going on a factory tour, which I think is important to show your salespeople that. But it's like they're 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 smoking on the beach, they're smoking, like they're they're partying. I'm like, I don't know, cigar industry. I I I don't know, I don't know why, but I, it, when I have to sit through like my national sales meeting in April, I just I'm just ready to take. I'm just ready to like hang myself, like do the Archie Bunker suicide. It's like I, it's so, but I see these cigar ones; they're completely different uh, to some of them. And then I know, for example, Drew Estate actually has a, a very legitimate one. I think the Caliph has a very legitimate one. Uh, but there's some of these other ones. I just I'm not gonna call them out, but you can see them on social media. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, maybe the, maybe they're just showing us. Maybe they're just showing us the good parts. You know, maybe they but they I, don't want to take I, the selfies with the the. Yeah, right, but I will. But I will say this: I think it's important to have your salespeople in the factory. So I give those companies credit. I just wonder: do they have the death by PowerPoint piece? Yeah, that's a, that's an expression we use in in like corporate America: death by PowerPoint. Like you sit in these meetings and you, you present PowerPoint after PowerPoint, right? But I do think it's very Numbers. important to have your salespeople go down to the factory so they can see the process. So I don't want to knock that, but I kind of find it. I remember there was one year there was a company called Duran Cigars. They sent that team to Nicaragua. I think they did no sales meeting stuff. <laughs> just, just drinking, just drinking and smoking. Well, I think I, I think that I think every company's different, especially when you consider the size of the company and the amount of staff they have on the team and what their priorities are. I mean, uh, I know Fuente; they're doing their sales meeting right now. They have all their staff down at in the sorry i can't talk and down in the in the dominican um i know that there was a couple other companies you know they do it right here in the office in the u.s and i think it kind of i i i think it depends i mean i, I there's no question that fuente had a very serious sales meeting on top of that i mean i can just i know right. how they That's operate right That's what I'm saying. i think it's what we're seeing versus what's happening right might be yeah. two different things like I don't like Gurkhas. I think they had theirs at the office. Drew Estate. I think they had theirs at the office. Uh, Fuentes were down at the factory. Um, you know, that's a very like you said. That's a very serious sales meeting. I think you know Drew Estate is a big company. They got a lot going on too. I, I you know I would take that as a very serious sales meeting to some degree. They've also had some turnovers on their staff. Um, so there's definitely some stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I love. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, but I, there is definitely some that I that I know about that it's kind of just more of a formality, like they get together and it's like, oh, this is the sales meeting, and then you know, uh, yeah. it's more of a party. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't think that benefits anyway. I mean, you really should take the time when the team, because remember, a lot of these teams, yeah, you know, the reps are on the road most of the year by themselves, so yeah. it's I'll not very often you get them all together to do yeah. team building and stuff like that. You know. 
I'll say his crown heads took their, you know, they probably had a very serious sales meeting too, knowing them. So, but they were down at Ernesto's factory. But I think that's, uh, but I, like I said, I think it's important. A lot of those reps probably never were to that factory. So, and I think, like I said, I think it helps your team sell better. Uh, if they're in the factory and they see this, I mean, it helps us as media. So as much as I kid around about it, I think there is an, I mean, I've known salespeople have never been into a factory. And, you know, now you're asking them to talk about the, the story of this brand. It's tough. So I, I do think that there is a role for that. I'm not, I'm, I have a little fun kidding around about it, but at the same time, I think it's extremely important to have your salespeople knowledgeable on that. I agree. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, you're going to have people out there on the road selling the cigars um, when they can say that they've spent some time in the factory you know, and they can use the knowledge that you get. Yeah. You know, I've been in factories. You've been in factories. Mitchell, I don't – have you been in any cigar factories before? No, I haven't I haven't had the chance to go to a factory. So, I mean, when you actually get to go, there is a lot more that you learn and you see that maybe you've been told about or you hear about, but you don't – you know, your brain doesn't really grasp it or fully understand it until you actually see the pro- – you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, from there, it's you, you use that information. So as a sales rep, I mean, that's a that's a pretty powerful experience. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, now don't get me wrong. I think there's some really good sales reps that – can sell without doing that right but i don't think it hurts certainly um but yeah i i i still think there's some that probably not the best and there's some that definitely you know do it better than others but yeah i mean i, I think the factory is is huge um, i think it's very important i think it's very important i kid, like i said I, I kid around about it the kidding around aside um you know if you go like i know nick perdomo's taking his team down there for some years uh, but I know Nick Perdomo had the meetings in Miami, and he brings Dave Garofalo in to be a uh, a guest speaker. What a brilliant idea that is! You can get your top retailers in to talk to your team. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great great idea. I mean, why? That's just to me, that's brilliant. Yeah, bring just, someone in that's like you know you're going to be selling to. You know what I mean? To to you know to we, give you that we, point we, of view. Now we bring customers into our sales meetings to do things sometimes too. So on my day job, so it is, there is like I said, I, I like I wish more companies would do like what what Perdomo did with that because I think it's, there's a lot of value with that. Well, li- listening to Nick, you know, he even in live interviews, he's pulling numbers out to the decimal about sales and marketing and percentages, and you know, I can just imagine the statistics and analytics he's got along his sale meetings, and I feel like he would make it more than just that that death by PowerPoint. I feel like he's the kind of guy that, you know, you actually are like intrigued by what, what these numbers are and what they mean and how we are going to apply them. Yeah. I think they have a really good sales team. Uh, and look, you look at that sales team, the reps are there forever. I mean, they don't leave. There's not turnover. Yeah. People say about Gert, people say whatever they want about Gurker, for the most part, they've kept their reps a long time. Yeah. And that's telling me something that they run a good sales organization. I agree. And, you know, it's funny because when I was watching the Cigar Authority today, um, somebody made a comment. I can't remember who it was, but somebody, I remember making a comment. Someone brought up Gurkha, and then someone made a comment about, like, I'm not buying it, not because it's not a good cigar, but because it's Gurkha or something like that. And I'm like, you know, I just – I know that Gurkha's had some, some troubled past with, with some things, and they definitely had a problem with some of their licensed stuff that they did with, like, CI and whatever. But, I mean, I don't I don't think that – I don't think that they deserve as much flack as they get. They they had some issues. We know with Kai's out a few years ago. I think they're really that too. Hard. I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's also true, right. and that's a right. that's a whole another issue. They, 
you know, and, and I had Juan on Thursday night, and um, I, I think there's a good story he had to tell coming out of that. And the other thing is, look, you had a the Revenant on your list. They, yes, they did a hell of a job with. They did a good job with the, the. They're doing a better job with the blends right now. Um, they're definitely getting better blends. The, the quality of the cigars is definitely better. That was what I'm seeing. I like that pure evil. I thought it was a really good cigar. I think where they have to fix Gurkha, I think Syndicato's a problem for them right now. Now that it's under Gurkha, I don't think they know what to do with Syndicato right now. And I kind of got into a little bit of that with with, with Juan. You know, this Syndicato was supposed to be the next big thing ten years ago, and it's 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 still struggling. In yeah. My opinion. And, and Juan told me it was a tough sell. He didn't lie to me on it. He said this has been a tough sell. It's not an easy sell. He said so. The nice thing I like about Juan is he's he's an open book. He's open, honest. He's willing to oh. you know say it how it is. And um, like even he said, now they are focusing much more on the tobacco than they did maybe a few years ago versus the packaging. They're trying to find this nice balance. You know, they're bringing in a few people onto their team to help balance out the packaging versus the tobacco. And and I think yep. it's. And like you said, you know, it's hard to it's hard to dig yourself out of a hole and they've done some things in the past and you know, I, I think they I think they've got a bright future. They do. I think they're on the right track. I think they did a really good TAA release the past year. Uh when Aaron Loomis says he likes a cigar from them, which he did the other night, I think it's a positive. So they definitely uh they, like I said, they still have work to do in some areas, don't get me wrong, but of course. Um but yeah, I think they all, all brands like said, do. want it. And Juan, like I said, he's a great guy. Uh, he's always been supportive of us. Um, and uh, I was glad to see the Revenant make it. I didn't review the Revenant. Shame on me. I need to review that. Because those two blends are really good blends. Yeah, and ones that I have not had are the uh, the ones in the Fresh Pack that are round, and they have the Connecticut. Uh, I've only had the original Revenants, the Corojo and the Maduros and the Box Press. Um, so it, it's on my list to get one of those packs, too, and check that out because... Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm really eager to see how how all those perform as well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, with the new rule, I'm putting it on coop. No more sampler packs or samplers gonna be eligible for the list. Um, no, but not even just for the list, just in general. I mean, yeah. Um, well, the problem is we have some cigars that came in a very expensive sampler now, and there's no way we can consider them for because we'd have to buy the, another one of these samplers. And it's very expensive, so right. We just can't do it. Yeah. So um, we had to change the rule. Another thing about Gurkha, while we're on the we're on the subject, when they were on um, our show a few weeks ago, they broke news of two new cigars. They have the Gurkha Connecticut that will be coming out, and that will be first seen at uh, the Great Smoke in March. That's, That's the Ghost, right? The Ghost Connecticut. Big um, monster brand for them. Yeah, monster brand. I, that was on my decade list. That brand as an impact brand, it was a huge hit for those guys. The the Ghost Gold is probably one of my favorite cigars they make out of everything and, they have. Well, I mean, and, and it's made and, at PDR, um, by Abe Flores. It's a fucking great cigar. But but I'll say this: one on our show, we talked about the Ghost, and he admitted that they they need to do more work to bring that because it is a good cigar. According, mm-hmm. you know, according to Juan, I haven't smoked it, so I don't want to say. But um, they haven't captured what the Araparaca did on the first one. So he recognized. He think they need to. They may need to make a packaging change. His his thing is it didn't come in a gold box, and he's one hundred percent right. That thing needed to come in a gold box. So that was a mistake they made, and he was very upfront about it. Yeah, of course. Uh, the other one that they have to. The other one uh, have to. The other one that they announced uh, was the Grand Age Two that will be coming out in. Um, Bro- brilliant, brilliant release too. Uh, yeah. Affordable star. Yeah. Six dollars and fifty cents. 
And the box will come with 60 cigars, one of each. There's a Connecticut and Maduro in Habano, if I remember correctly. Toros. Yep. Standard Toro size, like I think 6 by 52, 54. Uh, and there's 650 each. Um, and then the boxes, they're the special chests that they found. There's 2,700 of those. And, um, so that, and that's all they have. But they will be selling bundle refillables. So you can refill the box um, when yeah. the cigars are gone, which is nice. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, like I said, I think what they're doing right now is they're doing what Drew Estate did. They're doubling down on the value price market because everyone's moving prices. So if you can come out with this under $8 cigar and you can make a hit, and I'm telling you this is the way to go right now. Uh, you're going to move a lot of cigars. Some shops, it's not the thing to do in certain shops. I get it. But I think there's, there, I can tell you there's a lot of mom-and-pop shops in North Carolina that really benefit from something like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially, you know, you're always hearing about price increases. And, you know, as, as life goes on, there's always the tax thing. You know, you, you never know when the yep. tax thing is going to go through. I mean, look at Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell lives in Canada. I mean, he can sit there and tell you right now how bad it can get. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Mitchell, what, what, yeah. you know, a twenty a, a $15 MSRP, you know, what are you paying on it after taxes? Um, 45 to 65 depending on what's what province you're in and, and depending on how much the retailer wants to wiggle on uh, on their – on their margins, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's mo- most most are about two hundred and fifty to four hundred percent, depending on the province, on Jesus. on the taxes. I mean, you know, oh my God, that's I'll like get a punch to, a... to the balls. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, I'll talk a little inside baseball with with Coop here. So, despite what people think, we do buy a lot of cigars, right? And I'll tell you something else. Wait, we don't raise our existing sponsors' rates. Okay, they stay the same. So, eventually, if I'm not getting new sponsors. Like I'm taking a hit, and these this cost these increases this past year have taken a bit of a hit. So I have to I'm gonna have to be yeah. smarter what I reviewed this next year when I put the budget. It's it's reality because I don't want to raise my existing sponsors. They're very loyal to us, and, and I believe if you stuck with us, I'm not gonna hit you for nickel and dime you. But somehow something's gonna have to give unless I get you know a lot more new sponsors, which I don't I don't have room to take more on right now. So that's I, a fair I, you know, point. There's always there's always a way to take room. There's always room to say. I don't want to say it, but. It's tough because I have limited spots right now, and I've turned some people down. Yeah, uh, it's it's all part of the cost of doing business, right? You know, it's uh, I get it, I agree. Yeah, so it, it's that's so these price increases have been very steep this last year, is what I'll say. Espinosa just announced one; they're doing five percent on average, I think, or that, the majority, that, that, or whatever it is. So that's not the stuff that necessarily kills me. So. We've talked about Davidoff's increases. That's hit me hard because we review a lot of Davidoff, right? And now, you know, something, you know, now the year of the rabbits are 50 something dollars a piece. So the question is that's the stuff I'm about to start looking at saying, I don't know how much more of this I'm, I have to be really selective what I review now. So, oh, Irving, we know. We know. He said, ask him. I'm not lying. They come over because oh, yeah. they're cheaper. Yeah, we know. I mean, that's. Yeah, I do. I do know. All oh, time. I, I, I'm it's... the way Mitchell gets all the New World cigars. We're, again, we're spo- <laughs> we are very spoiled in this country, and we have it very lucky here. We absolutely. Uh, I was just in Mexico, and I saw prices there, too. So, Anytime Mitchell has anyone he knows coming to the U.S., I send a package to them to bring back for yeah. him because it's it's. It is. It's bad. <laughs> Plus, it's not even just the prices. It's just availability. They don't have. Yeah, they don't have yeah. the selection. 
too. I mean, yeah. there's just a lot of stuff that's just, it's not even available, even if he wanted to buy it. So, um, I, I want to just Skip's comment about employee discount. Um, sure. There is one place, I'm, I'm not going to say who it is, uh, that I do have an employee discount with, but I don't use that to hoard cigars. To take. I only use it to cigars I smoke there. Um, but I do, now, do I have negotiated discounts with certain retailers? Yes. So, but not employee ones, but the one I do have the employee thing is, I just say it's, it's someone local and I don't take cigars out of that place, uh, at all when I do that. And you know, they, they would let me do it, but I'm not going to take advantage of that. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, someone asked a question, uh, what do you think of? I lost it there. What do you think of the Republicans wanting a 23% consumption tax? Uh, I am actually not caught up on that particular issue. Coop, do you know more on that issue? No, I'm not going to get caught up on it. But what I'll just say is um, I'm just going to keep the party out of it. I hope no one does a 23%. I'll have to do some digging on that because I'm not. Yeah. Um, but, again, uh, you know, I actually I remember a few years ago when CRA put out some alert. Um, and they just – ream the democrats right and i understand this was what when they were looking to put a a very heavy tax in and i understand it was coming from the democratic party but at the same time you do have people who are democrats that smoke cigars just don't bring the party thing into that Uh, and i'm not saying i'm not saying that kevin should have brought that in i'm just saying cra shouldn't be bringing that thing in there but i think consumers have a right to express their opinion on that but cra should be neutral on that and i was very disappointed when they did that that's true. I mean, I mean, they're in Washington. You know, they're. They and here's the, the it's coming from the Republicans. This is coming from the Republicans, which is very interesting. He's saying that. If it is coming from the Republicans, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's not just it, the Democrats. It is interesting. I mean, uh, in for the most part, I, I would say the Republicans have been usually. Well, also, is this on cigar? Is this on tobacco? Is this? I, I see. That's the thing. I don't know. It's on the consumption tax. What? Yeah, I don't I'm know not, what that is. Course. It is it a, a, a range of different kinds of products? Is this a tobacco thing? I don't know. So that's why I can't we'll, really say. We'll, we'll do. We'll do. I think we should do some research on this and come back on it in the next show. Yeah, I think it is yeah. a, a good. I think it's a very valid question uh, that, that's brought up. So, um, and and like I said, uh, I want to. I mean, I wonder if Charlie has anything. I mean, that's why I go look for for legis. Charlie covers a lot more legislation than we do. So. I, I do. I, you cover probably more he's, legislation than we do. He's skimming through a lot of papers to find some stuff. Yeah, we just we don't see the uh, we just don't see the uh, I don't see the traffic on it, and mainly probably because they do so much a very good job on it. So it's you know yeah. do I want I'd have to invest resources to compete with that. That's true. So but, but so they do. You know, I, I encourage people. It's funny. I got a call from a manufacturer and stuff. I said I go read what Charlie had is what I actually said because I didn't have anything on him what he was looking for. Charlie did have something on it. Um, one of the things on the list was uh, this is a popular news story that came out this week. Um, the Ortez. Yes, I think this was an interesting story about Indiana Ortez. So um, I'll give you guys some background and then you get some thoughts. So Indiana Ortez has been uh, she is the daughter of Omar Ortez, who is a cigar maker out of Condega. And he's, uh, he's had a factory for a long time. He's had some of his cigars distributed by Altidus on the, the Omar Ortez name. And uh, he has farms in Nicaragua. So he's, But as far as the brand goes, they haven't really had a big brand. Now, Indiana, her story is she's like, she was, you know, she's been working in her father's factory for a while. 
do you remember Ventura came out with this cigar called the Psycho Seven Nicaragua? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, she was, we actually have that in Canada. One, yeah. Good cigar. Oh. She she blended that cigar, and then she left to go become the general manager of the Mombacho factory. Now the Mombacho factory is pretty much done as far as being a uh, a regular production factory. They, they're turning that more into a like a a destination, a tourist destination. So yeah. so if you notice, like Favilli, the Favilli brand's been off spin. They're gonna be making their cigars in other factories. So Indiana had to go somewhere, and I think she basically went back to her family, and they announced she's starting a company. Now, here's my thoughts on this. I don't think this is so much of Indiana being the entrepreneur, a little bit maybe being the entrepreneur, but I think this is the Ortez's move, like what Placencia did six years ago. And the difference is you have a face of the company now in Indiana, someone who understands the process, someone who's very popular. And I think that's how I assess that move more is this is the Ortez family now trying to do what the Placencias did uh, six years ago. She's also willing to engage in social media and community and, um, you know, her English speaking is relatively good. Uh, yeah, I've interviewed her. Yeah. It's a great interview. So, it's it's a great move, was, I think. Yeah. yeah, and she was honest. Well, you interviewed her with the Psycho 7, and they were promoting her as a master blender. She was very mm. clear to say, I'm in learn mode here. I'm learning a lot at the factory. Even. Well, she and even. Kind of, yeah, she was honest with that. Even when you look at when she took on the position at Mombacho, she didn't take any form of blender title. She just took factory yeah, manager, man. right? Even though, you know, she was, you know, it was probably a team effort between whoever was there, but it was probably her and, and Jared kind of putting in the main inputs and, you know, they, yeah. they never took on that title. So, you know, she's very open and honest about where she is and how much she's learning and where she wants to go, obviously, you know. Yeah, we. I mean, we, it's interesting because it's like I think she gets more attention on social media than from the cigar media. Like, like there's not a like I looked at the numbers here, and she really there was only seven articles on Coop on her, right? And that's not yeah. including the interview, right? That's out of twelve thousand something articles, right? So we haven't really covered her a lot, but I think she's done a good job at marketing herself, um, and I think the company she's worked with, and now she, her family, I think, really can benefit from. This is, I think, a very much – she's got the social media presence, and I think it's a great – And but she's knowledgeable, too, on top of that. So I think it was a if, – if the Ortez family is going to bring a brand to the forefront, uh, she's the right person to, to be, uh, you know, kind of the face, and I'm sure she's going to be heavily involved with this. But, I'm, but she even said in that press release it's very much a family effort that's happening here. Yeah. They, they, they farm and they have a factory. That's correct? Yeah, in fact, from what I was told, one of the farms is actually adjacent to the Drew Estate Factory. Hmm. But they have a cigar called the Omar Tez Originals. It was basically their answer, Altidus's answer to the Rocky Patel Edge. I used to smoke those, like like chain smoke those cigars. They were like inexpensive. They were under five bucks, and they were some of the best cigars I had under five bucks. Long filler, really good cigars. Eventually, I've gotten away from it just because I smoke other stuff. But Altidus came out with a Connecticut version of the. Uh, of the Ortez this year. So, um, hmm. but I think you got, I think, uh, they have a cigar called Primavera that's coming out. And, yeah. That's her um, debut really, line. I think. Yep. Very good. So I, I, I think she's a great story for the industry. Uh, I think certainly, um, we talk about females in the industry. She's one that certainly should be watched. Uh, certainly I think she's got, she's the real deal. So I'm happy. She's a great person too. Uh, once you get to know her. 
I was very fortunate to try most, if not all, of the blends that she did under the Granada line for Favili. They were I good. They were all. I thought they were all great. You know. I I didn't have the, I didn't have the box press one, but I had the uh, the three. And I'll say this: I thought they were better than anything Mabacho had done prior to that point. I would have to agree. Yeah, I thought that Maduro was excellent that they did. Yeah, the lava um, yeah, was but, great. Yeah, but apparently Favilli's kind of spun off now, and Jared Ingrisano is going to be running that, but it sounds like he's licensing the brand back from Mambacho, but he's going to basically yes. be controlling production. I imagine some of the factories he's going to work with is Ortez. I know him and Indiana still uh, have a very good relationship, so um, I think you'll just certainly I think you'll see some stuff that he's doing coming out of that factory. Uh, I definitely expect that. <clears throat> I just wanted to address this really quick. Irving brought up a, a question that Mitchell, I know you answered in the comments. Uh, what would you guys think of all reviews came together to revisit the yearly review and create a top 10 that they all could agree upon? Just your thoughts. And Mitchell had replied, I think that's the point of the consensus. Um, Coop, what, what's your, what's your take on that? No interest in doing it um, because I want my brand. I want my brand to be the differentiator. So I really don't have a, I don't have a, I really have no interest in doing that. Um, if if someone wants to do a consensus, that's fine. But again, going back to what I'm doing, people want to know my opinion on this. Um, and to be honest with you, I understand I could do both, but in the end, I really I, we talk. We've actually moved away from talking a lot about the consensus on the Coop shows. I we had some. We I think at some point we have to put more focus on what we're doing. Um, so kind of like your move with the whole aficionado thing this year too. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was similar, to, but but boy, we got people want that show back next year. I'll tell you that. But um, but yeah, part, like I don't do the reveal anymore, um, uh, because again, I think it was taking attention away from what we're doing. And and to be honest with you, to get now here's the second part is, if you try to get all these reviewers in the room, like I was gonna we say, would kill each, we would kill each other over the criteria, um, and, because and... Eric's one of my best friends. But I think Eric, would, <laughs> Eric and I would kill each other because we are so <laughs> diametrically opposed to, to how we do our list. And uh, yeah, so I think some of us would kill each other over that. I really do. So I don't think we could. I don't think in the end we could all agree on that either. Yeah, he followed up with, and he said to read this comment too. Uh, we need the who's who as a panel and bring a top ten best American and top ten everywhere else. I personally <laughs> think this would change and better the industry. Every year you change the panel. I mean. What, not, who is this who's idea, who actually. though? Like that, like who decides who's this who who? Because that's the problem. It, and that's it becomes exactly. like a boys club. It becomes a like a oh, I'm gonna bring my best friends in because they're the who's who. And you know, it, again, they're, we're all competing in a way. Like, but we're all friends in a way, obviously. But when you, when you try to make a, like a well, no, sorry, we're not gonna let you in here because you're not. You know, you don't do it this way, and then you don't do it. It's like. You know, we that that's not really what we want to do. You know, I can yeah. see the attention is nice, but at the end of the day, I think it would create more problems within media and already more, you know, kind of divide within things than than there could already be. So, I, I would say this: if I would even entertain that idea, I would have to stop seeing a preference towards print media in this industry. And we all know that there's the pecking order is Cigar Aficionado first, print media second, and online media behind. We all know it. We all see it, right, every time. 
we'll say it. Yep. So to me, I, like for me to put that type of effort into it, when I still think, see a preference for print media, I don't really have it. And they have no interest in collaborating with online media either. But until the industry would even, I wouldn't even entertain that idea uh, until that. But then, like I said, there's the other problems of that where, um, again, I don't know how you, like, I was also approached to do an alternate consensus, like by one manufacturer. I said, why don't you do the consensus and exclude certain, these, these, these. and I said to them, I said, imagine if I did that, right? I would be crucified over being exclusive, right? Oh, you got to click. So there's, that's why. Exactly. That's the problem that Mitchell brought up. You just, it's not for me to decide. Now, I always thought the PCA should do it, but I don't think, uh, I, but I think, I think PCA should do it, but I think they'd have to do it. I, I wouldn't suggest they do it willy nilly. It would take a lot of work for them to do it. But I, I would say the PCA would be a good candidate if they can actually come up with a process to do it. Yeah, the process would be very difficult. And again, like I very said, when difficult. you start, when you start bringing in the, these are the best of the best of this particular thing. It's like, what is that? What does that even mean? You know, <laughs> what does that even mean? The and, best and, of the best of media, like. Yeah, and then you get into these. Like, if the PCA is doing it with retailers, look, retailers are going to say this is what sold the best, right? So exactly. that's there, and there's a valid, there's a valid view of the cigars with that. It's just different than the view of the consumer. It's different than the view of the media person. And it's different than the view of the influencer. Not that it's not important, but it's a completely different paradigm. So um, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I think Charlie put him. I I have some issues with the way Charlie's doing the consensus right now. Uh, But I'll say this. He he has a very consistent process. So I won't. He's probably come up with matured it a lot. Um, So give I mean, he's the closest thing to it right now. I think even last year when, when Charlie was talking, I don't, I don't know if he was on your show or if he was just talking about the consensus or what, but he even mentioned himself. There's there's obviously giant, giant gaping flaws with the consensus, right? You look at it through the years, told, there's, yeah. there's brands that are showing up every year and you're like, why is this the case? Because these brands obviously get their stuff out to people. They have a very loyal following. And as, you know, um, Alan Rubin from McCall mentioned before, there's there's a lot of reviewers that do have a bit of, uh, selection bias to what they're willing to review every year, and you that's know, there's a, certain that's brands, a, and that's a problem. Yes, that there's certain brands that get reviewed on every single, uh, and and make it the list. Whether like, and they're making good cigars. I'm not saying that these brands don't make great cigars. There's reason why they're on the list, but they'll get every single one of their new releases reviewed, and then another brand will get one of their five reviewed. So the other brands are just never going to make the consensus because. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to who shows up on this more. Well, this brand gets all of their cigars reviewed, and they get one on a list, and this brand gets one review, and maybe it didn't make a list. And so, it, again, it comes down to every list having bias. Even the consensus has issues. It has unfortunate analytical bias towards brands that get their cigars into more reviewers' hands, and that's what we're finding because, again, every single – you look at every single consensus, and it's a very similar trend. That's why I made the decision to disclose the sample data and the sponsor data, uh, because you can look at it now. And, and look, this year it actually came out heavier for the sponsors and the and the uh, samples, right? But it, it, I'm, it, by a very small percentage. Years, small percentage. Two years ago, it was the other way around, and I think the idea exactly. is I look at it. I want both to be as close to as possible. So. 
But, I'm sure you so, look at your long-term why... data and it comes out even. Yeah, and that's where exactly. But I felt it was important to disclose that. So I said, if people want to say that, I'm like, well, you could go look at my data and you can you can make your own conclusions is what I'll just say. Skip me yeah. an interesting comment. Cigar aficionado comes across as a pimp. PCA would come across as a pimp also. He's not wrong. <laughs> I, 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 that's why I caveated that. That's why I caveated that. They, they would need to bring in a, a third party to run that. They'd have to bring in like an, like, an, like some sort of a firm to kind of manage that. Yeah, like they a non-cigar-based Right. Thing. They would have to bring in like something to do that, yeah, which uh, to collect the data because, again – uh, and then they have, they'd have to. It, 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 he's right. I agree with Skip on this. More I think about it, it's a bad idea. I said that. <laughs> yeah, you'd so, be. Yeah, yeah. He's right. Um. Good, good question by Irv, though. It's a good question. Oh, it is. Sure. And, and, and 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 you know, we we all we do appreciate it too. I mean, having the feedback from the audience is very um, important. It's very important. It's a big part of the show too. I mean. Uh, on the regular show, we, we try to do our best with the comments, um, but when there's an interview going on, sometimes it's, it, there's more of a flow that needs to be there. This show is great for the comments because we can kind of stop and, and, and deal with them as they come in, too, um, because we really don't have, like, a, a fully set yeah. guideline or whatever yeah. or outline that we're following for the show. So uh, this show is, is great with the comments. So just a huge thank you to everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a different type of show, yeah. Um. That was everything we had on the list from earlier. Mitchell, did you have anything that you wanted to bring up on Spare Notes? This is your first show, buddy. Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I think that was uh, that I was mean, everything. Like I said, um, you know, we kind of got into it with the whole consensus uh, prediction and stuff. That was that was probably my main topic of interest. And uh, yeah, it's been super fun being on here. You look great. No. Uh, glad, really glad you were here. Uh, welcome back anytime. Um, this this oh, yoga is no, smoking great to the to the nub. I've had very little construction issues with it. It's been lit well, and the flavor profile has been nice and consistent. There's been these. I love a cigar that I get kind of a nice, like these kind of main two to three flavor notes, and those background notes kind of come in and out with the transitions. And it stays consistent through the cigar, and and yeah, this is this is performing well, and like I said, for the price point, very nice. Yep. Yeah, those are fantastic. I love those. Um, those are made at Pensa, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, what was that? What else? And you were smoking the Black Diamond. Great cigar. Oh, uh, yeah. Jason, really aging well too. Um, I'm really enjoying it. So my burn's a little wonky, but that's not terrible. It's a little yeah. more jagged than I prefer, but it's smoking fine. I forget what size did you say you were smoking? The emerald. Yeah. That's the shorter, thicker one. Yeah. Yeah, Mitchell. I think those are the ones that you have. Let's see what I have it with me. I don't know if it's got the. I don't remember, but I, I think that's the one. on here. Uh, oh, this cool. looks like a Toro. This I... looks pretty big. Looks like a six by fifty-two or fifty-four. That's uh, the, I think the, the Radiante. I yeah. What you, but yeah. That's the that's a, that's a longer one because mine was shorter. Mine was yeah. like four and a half. Yeah. Coop, I did forget. Um, there is one more thing that we left off the list, and that is the oh, pure. Uh, that's the pure Sabora preview. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't even um, talk anything about that. I mean, that's where you're heading. Th thank you, Alan Rubin, yeah. for the the wonderful comment. Yes, thank you, Alan. 
Yeah, yeah, he Allen did great. Uh, Mitchell's doing a great job. Um, I agree. He's one of the best um, things to happen to this team. So I'm heading to Pro Sabor this month. Next month I'll be heading to Pro Cigar. Um, this is this is a very unique thing for us to cover in the media. Um, it gives us this is basically we go and it's a celebration of the Nicaraguan cigar culture, and uh, they they combine this with some social stuff combined with um, factory tours. And I've done Pro Cigar twice. I haven't done Pro Cigar. This is my first time. And what this like, people say, well, why do you go, right? Well, it gives us a completely different view into the industry in that we really get to meet a lot of people who are not visible in the States. Um, this is an opportunity to kind of meet them and kind of learn a lot more about it. And I find like, one reason why I'm not going to, to TPE is because I did go to, I got the invite for Pro Cigar. And again, it gives me a very unique thing. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to cover on this, right? <laughs> That's, because what I hate covering is, Hey, I woke up, I had breakfast, I had a great meal, then I, I had fun at the factory, and I smoked, drank, and I had a good time. And the other thing I don't want to do is I don't want to write about the whole factory process, right? Because it, it's freaking overwhelming, right? So I have to figure a way well, how I'm going to cover this, certainly. And that's always – so, I, Anthony, I don't know how I'm going to cover it, but it will be covered. Uh, a combination of my personal things with, with observations, uh, strictly from a cigar end of things. Uh, but I'm very excited because, like I said, I haven't been to Nicaragua in three years. I haven't been to Puro Sabor. I'm grateful for the opportunity they've given me to do this. And uh, there's going to be – at the same time, I'm going to see a couple of factories I haven't been able to see before. So I'm excited. I'm going to go – I'm on the Padron tour this year. Um, I'm not on the Romacraft one. I have to try to weasel my way onto that trip. But uh, Oh, no so, pun intended. Oh, I see or... what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. I don't even think I, you I did need... that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's a it's a great it's a great thing. I mean, um, and it's you know these are things that are open to anybody to go. By the way, but they're not cheap. I'm gonna tell you, it's not cheap to go. But you will get a view of like a cigar industry that you won't get in the states because the states is more about the distribution companies. This is more about the production end of things. And the other thing is, here's to be honest with you, most factories are not open to the public throughout the year. There's a couple of factories that are. So this gives an opportunity, like to get into a you know go see a factory that you know. Like, you know, like for example, per, uh, not per, Padron. Now, Padron's a great example, right? Padron just doesn't do factory tours except for this time of the year. Um, you know, Ernesto doesn't do it in the DR except during Pro Cigar. So it, it's something they're not cheap, but I, I highly recommend if you're a hardcore cigar enthusiast, uh, make at least one of the I'll, I'll, – at least Pro Cigar I can vouch for. I'm sure Pro Cigar is great too. And Pro Cigar hasn't happened in three years because of the COVID, so I'm pretty excited they're getting it back. And this is my first time going. The Talk, other talking about Mombacho, I think they're the opening dinner. Uh, they're hosting or... us. We're, we're gonna we're gonna be there the first two days. Uh, and I've yeah. been to Granada before, although I haven't been to Mombacho. I, I was the, Drew Estate used to take it to Granada uh, in the early days. I think of they call it. I think they call it Favili now. Favili, yeah. Favili. Now, you're right. It's Casa Favili, but but back then, uh, like we used to go to Drew Estate and. Granada is a really interesting town in, in Central America. It's got this very much a English European vibe to it. Uh, very unique compared to the rest of Nicaragua. You, you almost think like you're in um, there are parts of it that reminded me of Canada. <laughs> almost like, like it reminded me of Halifax, but without the coast when I was there. Well, it, like you, I, I, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the, the co-owner, like 
the owner of of Mabacho slash Pavili is Canadian. He's a guy who started yep. a beer company here in Toronto, and Abs- it's a big beer absolutely. company. And he went down there and said, "Wow, this is this is amazing," and, and wanted to, yep. you know. Yep. And I think, like I said, they're changing their business model now. I think, like I said, they're going to be licensing this out, let Garrett kind of run with the cigar piece. But I think they recognize that Casa Favilli has been such a destination that there's, there's a, they can capitalize and, and make that very a very good venture for them. So I, it's a good thing. I think it's um, – like I said, I've not been there, so I'm very excited to go there um, to see that. And I'm, I haven't been to Granada in 11 years, so I'm, I'm real excited about going back to Granada. Nice. What did you have to say, Matt? Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Mm. Shit. I forgot. Well, I hope Coop saw the yeah, Justin and Andrews way. comment. <laughs> yeah, so... By but no, no, I didn't see it, so what happened? <laughs> let's do the, re- let's do the <laughs> replay. So, Alan Rubin said, Coop can do a whole article on his dinner with Justin Andrews. And then Mitchell said, hopefully he gives him a seat at the white shirt dinner. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what. If anyone wants to invite me, look, I'm begging. If anyone could give me a seat at the white shirt dinner, I will be really appreciative is what I'll just say. Um, I won't give you a good rating, but I, I'll just say I'll be very appreciative um, because it, 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 I don't know how Nicaragua is going to work, but but there's another story to that. Like Justin was busted on me for not spending time with General at last year's Pro Cigar, but you know, look, I had Carlito was Carlito invited me, and then Carney invited me to the floor, and all all I get is complaint from Justin. How come you didn't come see us? But these guys all stepped up, is what I'm going to say, and they're very generous to step up because. They do make it easier for us as media when they can do these little things. But I couldn't get a seat. At the, I can't get a seat at the white dinner every year at at, at the uh, at the pro cigar. Um, <laughs> and, and, I sit and... I sit up at the bar. Irv Irv would have taken care of me. He was there last year. Irv took care of me. He gave me some cigars last year. Irv was great last year. But he saw me sitting out in the in the hinterland at one of these like bar stools, basically. <laughs> Irv can vouch for that, by the way. Even the even the wait staff had probably better seating than you. <laughs> I mean, it's, look, and here's the deal. I'm 55, guys. You know, I do want to have a decent seat, okay? A bar stew is not – but also, look, I'm very grateful. I kid around about the pro cigars. They're more than generous with us, so I appreciate them. Yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say, Mitchell. Um, uh, Alan actually kind of reminded me as he made a comment about um, the Habanos Festival. I was going to say – um, what's interesting is, you know, Puro Sabor hasn't happened in three years. Uh, neither has the Habanos Festival, which is also uh, Habanos announced yesterday that they have opened registration for Habanos Festival. Now, that one also hasn't happened since 2020. Yeah. And uh, look, I've been I that's an expensive proposition. Again, it's open to people to go, um, but it's a very expensive proposition. And um you know, I've been to Cuba, and it's a great place to go visit. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's an expensive proposition. But the other thing I'll say is it's a rewarding proposition. Yeah, we uh, we covered that actually. I, I um, think I've I think had I, some local guys that have been there in the past. We have some really, really hardcore Cuban smokers here in Vancouver who definitely spend the big bucks. And uh, yeah, I think a few of them have been there. Uh, you know, I do. Yeah, and I think John's been there. From but uh, Nick Sirius, who he's kind of my de facto Cuban correspondent from LH Cigars. He uh, has gone there several times, but he's usually my guy on the ground in Cuba. Like anything Cuba, I just depend on him for now. Yeah. 
His his to... interview with Habano's men, he was just destroying them. <laughs> he was asking the tough questions for sure. Oh, the interview we did with the like, oh man, man. that was Nick asked some tough questions. Dude, they man. were they oh, were wow. squirming in their seats. <laughs> they cut him off. Did you see at the end? They yeah, exactly, off? exactly. They were just like, all right, next guest. It's like, yep. it's and, uh, Nick, I, can... you know what? What can you do? <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying uh, to find where is Festival the Festival Factory the two choreographed. What do you expect? They gotta they gotta have some organization there. I, I get it. You know. Yeah, it's got. They're, they're, they're you, put you, on you, the show. They got look. They got yeah. I mean, and look, even if the core like, look, I don't think there's so much you're gonna get out of it. And every factory's different. Um, and the fairness, I don't think Alan's been to a factory. So, gotta be honest. Oh, called out. Factory. Whoa! Oh, shots man. fired. Shots fired. I got to be honest. I'm going to be been, honest. He's been really he's nice tonight. Been, he's been really nice tonight. Hey, Alan yeah, has well, been well-behaved tonight. I have to give him credit. He has been. He has been, but I got to be honest, too. I mean, because, look, I think a lot of – until you see it firsthand, it's different. What, just being in a factory? Yes. You, oh, yeah. you, you just went through it. You just went through it, right? Yeah. You just went to you – went, you went to El Teton, which is a very small factory, and then you went to Fuente. And, look, you haven't even seen, like, these other factories yet. So – you're going to get so many different points of view. And, uh, you know, look, I've been to the factory several times. They choreographed it. And I've been several times where A.J. Fernandez told me to put the camera away. So, um, you know, it happens. It depends on what it is. A.J. was funny. I asked him if I could take pictures. Yeah, yeah, you take all the pictures you want. And then he sees me. Like, they were rolling the H up in Nicaragua's, right? And he's like, no social media. And he's like, I'm sorry. He goes, please, no. And I, he, I said, of course, I'll you know, put it away, yeah. Yeah, you got to respect so, that, right? They, at the end, yeah, like, yeah, they, they mean, have factory stuff that they want proprietary and, you know. Sure. Yeah, no, no. And that's, yeah, like, I'm always, like, even when I went to go see Carlito, um, and I, I asked Carlito what I, yeah, tell me, can I use the camera or not? And tell me if you want the camera off. And, and he was pretty open yeah. with me. There was nothing he hid. So, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. If I remember correctly, when I mean, Pro Cigars. I think it's three thousand that covers everything, like just yeah, to get they, in. They, they, yeah, but they before don't cover hotel. hotel. Right, that's before like hotel and airfare and all that. So just to do these, the events and stuff, it's about three Jeez. grand. What do you know what, what it is for Pure Sabor? It's more. It's like four, but the hotels included. Okay, so that kind of it kind of almost it evens, evens out. out. I don't remember. Yeah, I had the price list for Festival del Habano. Uh, and I can't find it, but I do remember when we got the press release from Habanos for the Cohiba 55 celebration. Um, that's not even one of the festivals, and that was just another event they were doing. If I remember correctly, when I added it all up, it was about – and correct me if I'm wrong if anyone knows, but if I remember correctly, it was between like six and $7,000 just for the Cohiba 55 celebration. I don't know what the price was. That seems like it's high. That seems very high if it was for that. Um, now, I could be wrong, but I, I could remember because I remember seeing the prices and being like, wow, that's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, that would surprise me if it was that high because that was a shorter thing than the Habanos Festival. Uh, and look, we, I cover the Habanos Festival through Nick uh, and through press releases, but, you know, I don't go to I'm – not, I'm not going to the – by the way, I, to me, Habanos is – they do an incredible job with their festival. Uh, it's, I think, I wish we had something in the U.S. that was a, I keep saying we need a black tie gala in the U.S. 
I know you won't have the factories and the farms, but we need something in the U.S. that's a gala event. We used to have the closest thing we used to have with that was the 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 Davidoff White dinner, um, but that was restricted to retailers and media. I think we, you know, I'd love to see us have something similar with a whole charity angle of it. Um, I, I, there's no reason well, why we can't do this in the U.S. I think as you were saying, J.C. Newman and their kind of like production of everything around there, the hotel, these things, that's, the, the yep. Florida, I think that's going to be a prime location for something like that. This thing that's, you know, obviously, like you said, the trade show com- possibly going there to the future, but also these just general congregations of the industry for yep. North America, right, in the United States, on the soil. Um, it's it's going to be a great hub for that and uh, i think they're doing a really good job and i think they see a future in that because i think that's yeah that's what the industry's missing yeah mitch you're right i think that's a great point i think they're gonna have those types of facilities that's a big building they built and i don't imagine they're gonna have a huge hotel there right because jc is not gonna be in the hotel business but i think they're looking to basically provide a you know something where you could stay overnight you know yep. in town it'll be limited rooms uh They'll have the lounge and the restaurant there. I think, but I think they'll have probably a, a, a ballroom there. I, I can't see that building's big. You've seen that building, man. It's huge. So I, I can't see them not doing that. And then you have that ballroom. That's a great point where you could you do it during Tampa Heritage Week. You know, it'd be a great time to do it. Sorry, I was I was looking at some information as well as the comments. Which building are we talking about? The the hotel across the street that they're renovating. I actually That's haven't a big been building. I haven't I haven't been in it. Um, I, mean, I didn't it's... either, but but it's a big building. When you look at it, it's big. Yeah, I mean it's a good I think size. Only at like nine, I think they're only looking at nine or ten rooms to put a hotel in there. Yeah, so it's not going to be a lot of rooms. But I could see them doing a ballroom in there. Like, hey, you know what? Where you can have a cigar. Like, people could host cigar events there, uh, weddings. Like, I like they're already using weddings in the factory, but I could see them, you know, again having more of a facility. Um, and I think, like I said, if we were to have a, a gala dinner. In the U.S. now, what better way to have J.C. Newman drive that piece at some point? They brought Kara in to kind of run that whole piece right now, um, which I think is key. You know, to have someone really focused on that whole piece. So I'm sure that the, the idea is to grow that as a business. You know, it's funny. We talked about it earlier in the show about the about Coop. You made a prediction that you think that the trade show uh, will make its way to Tampa. Um, on, on that topic of the trade show and its location, I know that. You know, it's been going back and forth, you know, since the last trade show. But as of right now, uh, what is the what is the feeling on the future of the trade show, at least in the short term? Um, I'll just the part I'll say is I believe this is going to be the last summer trade show we have. I believe that the, they're going to move this thing to, the, to earlier in the year. I think there's just, you know, but I don't think they've decided on anything where it's going to be. But uh, I think that I think in general. You know, all the noises that probably they want to get this out. And I think they should keep it in the summer, by the way. I think it's a mistake to move it. Um, I think everyone will complain about it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it especially becomes earlier, right? You get much closer to TPE. And it's like, you know, what, is, what happens there? What, do people go to two trade shows in the span of three months? <laughs> you know? Well, we saw, it, we saw it happen, Mitchell, two years ago when TPE moved to May. Yeah, And ideally, I think what they should do is a PCA long-term. I think that May date is the best date to have it. I think May is a perfect time to have a trade. I think they got to get – I think that's years off, though, because you have to book these things in advance. But if they yeah. can get that May date, um, I'm surprised that no one tried to grab the May date 
sooner. Um, I think it's better than July 4th. I, I agree that July 4th is probably – but you're getting – like the problem is you get into summer vacations. People do yep. like to take time off with their family. I think uh, I think in and I think if they go into the spring, it's too close to Easter, is the problem, and you're gonna have issues with that every year. Um, and you know, in some areas it's still cold, and there's a lot less of a risk of snow if they moved it into March. But you know, I, I always say TPE eventually is gonna get slammed when there's a when there's a major snowstorm in this country, and no one can get out there. Like all it will yeah. take is for Chicago and New York to get blasted with snow. And no one will make it to Vegas, and I think it's I I don't understand. So I, I that's what I think will happen. Now you know outside of the date, you know, talking about PCA, like one of the biggest debates is always you know where should it be? You know the whole be in Vegas, not in Vegas. I think and I've mentioned this many times already is that you know where can we house this many people? The other thing is like okay, um, I heard I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is their last technical year with the Venetian as the contract, and next year. It's it's possibly moving. I I don't know. They, um, they, well, that's yeah. That said, is the the topic right now. Yeah. And yeah, and that now, was a whole. Yeah, that's what they said at the this, press conference. Is they have they had New Orleans earlier in the year and and Vegas in the same time of the year. But so, you know, for me, like you know, Coop, you went to what was it? Uh, eight Eight Land last year, and I think what's that hotel called? I, I keep I always forget the the, the resort resorts. Yeah, resort. But they don't world, have the, right so. I think they would love to have it at Resorts World, but they don't have the they don't have the conference room facilities. But Aficionado has been able to get away with it because of the nature of their event doesn't involve the, the, the booze are really the issue. Like like they could do tablecloth setups in resorts for the big smoke, but like yeah. when you put the Fuente booths in this tent, you, you just can't. They need to have a full scale scale conference thing for that. I think Resorts and World is yeah. planning to do. Uh, a it sounds big... like it's. It sounds like they're yeah, planning so, to, but again, those things take a long time. Yeah, and so like I, th- I think in the long run, I think that's one of the best areas. It's kind of like you know, it's a little segregated, which is kind of good. But you know, it, you've got you've got that area with the eight lounge, you know, very accessible. A lot of people can can congregate there, and you know, if the PCA like rented that out and like just it was like an exclusive PCA thing for the the days of the show, that place would be slammed twenty four seven. Yeah. No, it would be you know yeah i i agree i think that lounge is a, is a big lounge i mean the question is could they get it could they lock up the lounge exclusive maybe they probably could if they plan it out like i always joke that that the venetian should have absolutely just give the circle bar to pca for a week like it's like why wouldn't you just do that right they pretty um, much did that walking by i don't think anyone was not from like i don't think there was a single person from non-cigar industry the, after like six o'clock <laughs> <laughs> it spills out in there, but let me tell you something. Like, if like there were people who want, saying, "Yeah, I'll go to New Orleans because uh, it's earlier in the year." Let me tell you, the second people realize you don't have that circle bar option or or bar Luca now, that's exactly. circle, they're gonna say this sucks. Like, like we have to go halfway across town. Like, we were going over halfway across town every night to go smoke someplace, right? And it was just like, we're... look in Vegas. No one wants to leave the hotel. And you need to have something local. You, yeah, you need to have something walking distance right there. People can walk out of their room, go back to their room, and it needs to serve drinks. It needs to be accompanying. And, you know, people need that that post-trade show socialization. 
Yeah. Because that's part of it too, right? Like you said, we don't have this North American gala that everyone kind of congregates to and, and the two trade shows are alongside the business side of it. They're these yeah. they're these extended galas of getting together with all your friends in the in the industry, sitting down, enjoying a cigar and and just talking, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I don't know if I told Matt this story. Mitch, you may have heard this on one of my shows, but um, I want to say about five years ago, I was out at um, an IBM conference out in Vegas, right? And I said to – basically, I was staying over at the Mirage, and I said to a couple of my colleagues, hey, let's go across to the Palazzo. We'll meet in the, uh, the this area called the Circle Bar, and uh, we'll have some smokes and we'll get this nice cocktail lounge. And they're like, great. So they get there before me, and they're like, we can't find the circle bar. There's no circle bar. What are you talking about, right? I'm like, hey, it's right across. It's right across from such and such. And they like, they go, it's completely closed. So I get there, and sure enough, the whole they rip the whole lounge out, right? <laughs> because, they t- they, because they tend to they tend to redo the casino floor every few years. This is so. Yeah. I put I put up an, I went back to my room. I put an article up the next like that night. Hey, Las Vegas closes the champagne. It was called the Champagne Bar, right? And it was one of the most read articles in the history of Cigar Coup. My phone starts ringing at 5.30 in the morning. I'll never forget. Eric Espinosa calls me up at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, bro, uh, what do you mean? They took the circle bar away. He's like, <laughs> and then oh, I'm getting phone calls all day. On, I'm, in the, like, I'm in this IBM guy. My phone is just going nonstop. People were like losing their shit. So I went and actually did some – I asked a few questions. And they said, yeah, we're going to have another bar, but it's not going to be ready for a few months and you know blah 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 and uh we don't know if it's gonna be smoke friendly or not they, they the casino wouldn't didn't have a lot of answers at the time but by the summer they did have bar luca open and uh it but the problem is that year they were doing the convention at, at uh las vegas convention center so not a lot of people went there until they moved it back but yeah it was one of the most read stories people love that place they love having this congregation and mitchell you're a newer guy the access yeah. you get if you're if you're an, like look if I wasn't in the cigar industry right I would go to PCA that week and if you want to hang out with people just go to the go to that bar that you're you're gonna get you're gonna get access to people you never thought you'd get access to at an event I'll tell you that it's oh, the exactly. best thing to do yeah you know most of them are are you know ten people around them talking industry deep stuff and and it's a little intimidating but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's and most of most of they're pretty most of the manufacturers are pretty friendly. I mean, it was uh, I mean, it was I went only one night and it was the night after Matt got married that uh, I went right. And I only went there because Matt wanted to meet us there. But so Matt was doing his dinner and photos, and then I got there and Carlito was there. So I mean, but my other thing that happened. I think I told this story too. Is I'm talking to Rocky Patel. Right, and a group of people see me talking to Rocky Patel. They come by and they start like, you know, they want to see what happens. All of a sudden, Saka and his wife start like strolling in, and the whole crowd leaves Rocky to go <laughs> to go to Saka. Right? Again, this is the power. And Rocky looks at me like, "What the fuck?" I said, "Hey, I'm here for you, Rock." Right? So I'm like, "Yeah." I didn't run over there, but it was it was hysterical when that happened. It's like it was one of the most surreal moments I'll ever remember. Is and then poor Carlito can't even go to the bathroom. The guy. I mean, yeah, the guy can't walk 10 people. I feel bad. You have to something. just let Carly go to the bathroom, please. Yeah. No, the, the Steve Saka sitting in the wild, it's like, oh, oh. So, Mitchell, oh, last, last, last year you, you partially attended PCA. Um, were you at the Circle Bar at all 
four. I walked I walked by a couple times in Vegas. You know, I was mainly there with my dad, just kind of hanging out and visiting all the other like Casa Fuente and Monte Cristo. I walked by the Circle Circle Bar a few times, like or the Bar Luca, and like I said, I, I obviously saw many faces that I recognized through uh, lots of the. Um, you know, lots of the shows I, I did, but at the end of the day, like I didn't want to impose, like I didn't want to be that that guy. Like I I, I was a I'm, I still am a nobody. I'm you know this is my first time on here, and I, I want to pay my respects, and I don't want to just budge in. It's like this is their time that they don't get to see each other very often, and I just wanted to like keep my distance. And I, I went by a few times. I had I had some cigars in some other places and did some gambling, but yeah, I, I walked by. It was it was bumping over there for sure. But I didn't like I said I I definitely didn't want to just kind of intrude on any of the conversations and I didn't have any personal relationships with any major manufacturers or people like that. So um, the only people I did end up cause they kind of separated from the group a bit is I ended up kind of introducing myself to Oliver Nouveau and Nelson Alfonso and, and kind of telling them how much I, resp- I I was very fortunate to actually try an Atabay prior and which are impossible to get in Canada. But I, uh, I was able to grab one uh, prior to this experience. And I was like, wow, like, you know, I, I often don't smoke Connecticut's and it's, you know, the, the sweetness you get off that cigar was amazing. And I just wanted to tell Nelson, like, you know, you make some of the, the greatest cigars I've ever had. And um, and he was like, dude, how do you even know who I am? And I was like, you know, I watch a lot of stuff. And and both him and Oliver, Nelson and Oliver, were very gracious to me. And, and yeah, very, very nice. But, again, I they were kind of away from the group. And I just quickly wanted to intervene. And, and then I kind of got out of there and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's totally fine, too. Yeah. Um, the uh... – you know, and it's like I said, uh, we had a chance to interview Nelson for a short time on primetime. And what happened is Oliver mixed up the time zones he was in. So he was an hour <laughs> late. And Sokka, graciously, gracious, Sokka always takes the last hour because he wants to talk on our sh- on that, when we do that preview show. And, and Sokka gave the time up to Nelson, which was very appreciated. So, um, and Nelson was a great. Uh, and then we interviewed him. At the, Bear did the interview at the trade show. Cause I, I don't like doing the roving reporter interviews. So. Um, Bear is much better at that than me. Sure. Yeah, that's that's my role, and it, it's it's up in the air, but it, it's maybe Mitchell's. I'm I'm trying to you know, <laughs> not like convince him, but give him the confidence to do it, as I think he would um, be great. It, it, it is a skill. Um, you have to really be on your feet to do it. Um, and I think you're better at it than me, but uh, I just I'm not comfortable doing it. Um, and really, again, the bread and butter of the coop coverage is still the written piece, and we do an extensive amount. And so that's really all on me. Yeah, you write a lot. No one else wants to do it. So we have we each we each have a role at the trade show, and um, we I think we're all comfortable. Like if someone wants to switch a role, we're fine with that. You know, from time to time. Um, I do the I do the awards at the trade show. Although I don't think I'm doing the awards this year at the trade show. It's becoming too too chaotic. Yeah, you mentioned so kind of getting, of getting the getting all the awards, shipping them in, and distributing them out, and finding the people. It's that's a it's a lot of it's a huge it's a huge task. And I'm car- I'm carrying them around. So yeah, I mean, I hate I, I hate to do it. I may have to mail them this year. Um, yeah, I have uh, one award. I have an award for Hoya that I'm bringing to Nicaragua because I'm finally going to see Juan because he won Factory <laughs> of the Year uh, two years ago in 2020. So it's 2023. I'm giving him this award for 2020 now. Yeah, that's kind of how it, Alan, Alan Rubin mentioned the, the the tangerine mojito at the Casa Fuente. Yeah, those those mojitos are solid. I actually like the, legendary their, their original yeah. mojito, He's, like the regular one. It's really good too. Yeah, nah, the tangerine's um, was, still the top. 
That's yeah. the best. I think, I, think by, I think by far, though, the best place to smoke in Vegas at Lounge is at 8 Lounge. I don't think anything comes close yep. to that right now. As much as I love Casa Buena is too small. Yep. Uh, Monte Cristo is nice. I think Monte Cristo is pretty nice. The Davidoff place is nice, but they don't have the selection I want there. Either. And it's small. It's small, and a lot of it's outdoors. Yeah. Eight yeah. is the best. Eight is the best place I've been to uh, by far. It's uh, the only thing I didn't like about it was the music was a little loud there. So, Matt, did you get to go to eight? Did you see it? Yeah, I've been to eight a couple of times. Yeah, it's, it's a nice place. It's a, they have it, a huge outdoor area. It's yep. it's awesome. They have private private rooms. They've got TVs. Yeah, it's bigger than people think. Great. Yeah, yeah. They've got that like, big wall up. Yeah, there's private rooms behind there. Yeah, yeah. I feel for Matt. He had a rough show last year, as we know. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, and we all have had those rough shows too. So uh, it it gets better, Matt. That's the good news. Well, this year we're we're hopefully going with a team of four, so it'll it'll be. Uh, I shouldn't run into that issue again. But yeah, but I'll tell you something though. Um, I'll just be kind of honest. The first year we went with the team of four, it took a lot of adjusting. Uh, it was it took a couple of days. We did find a because we didn't know we didn't have the roles assigned, and then really by day three we figured out what the roles were, and then we went into it this year. So I think you're gonna have a little bit of that team uh, storm form norm perform kind of deal. You'll go through a little bit of that and kind of feel what's gonna work best for you. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot. There will be a lot of meetings before the trade show. Uh, before we even fly out there, just so that everyone knows what to do and who's doing what, and because um, we really gotta, we really have to have a good show after having a bad show last year. Because I, I can't do, I can't have two bad ones in a row. Uh, granted, I mean there will be more manpower, so um, it's less likely because I'll have some fail safes in place. But you know, uh, either way, it's um, you're right. It's it it definitely it, anything like that. It's going to be an adjustment, but we're just going to have to plan as best as we can. Um, the one thing I'll tell Mitchell is, last year you were kind of there, just kind of on vacation. That and that's how I that's how I experienced it the first time because I was in town for IPCPR 2019, so I didn't I wasn't on the trade show floor, but I got to see a lot of other stuff, and that's kind of how I was like, oh okay. But then you know when when I went for my first one. And then my next one, and like you know, so it, it's going in. My I'm point ready. is this: this year for you, it, it's going to be less vacation, and it's going to be like all. Of, so it's going to be all of the things or, <laughs> that we need to be talking about. My 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 favorite moment at the trade show last year was when Matt and look, Matt was having. I didn't know Matt was having a bad day. I said, "Hey, Matt, what's up?" And he's like, "Don't ask, right?" And he's, I, I, I was on that booth. I, he's like, "Don't." I'm like. Oh, and I never saw Matt like, and that was there was that was I think you were having an equipment problem. That's when Nicole was starting. Like, Nicole, like, so I like, when I ran into you, I was just so overwhelmed because I had Nicole uh, at the IV place getting a second bag of IV because she was feeling sick, and I'm by myself. Um, I had someone. I had actually it was Kevin's wife filled in. Barbara helped me film because uh, she was at Alec Bradley and. And they were like, you know, she can go. Like they weren't, they weren't as busy. Um, and then I shot a couple of interviews, and then I had issues with the with the camera and the memory card, and like, and then I'm, and then you know, Matt would let me use the back of his booth where I could just set up on the floor, 
the what show his floor was yeah yeah but like i was like i mad i just can i use and he was like yeah whatever you need and so i went i went in the back well there's a funny story about that which i don't even know if mitchell knows about this story or you might have heard me talk about it so he was like yeah whatever you need so i'm in there i got the laptop i got the camera and i'm trying to figure this out and on my way to do that i run into coop and i'm like dude i just i can't right now i just i have so i have so many and, issues and, and i don't and have I, an answer and I, yet and i've seen guys have a bad day at the trade showing up to know like okay, i wouldn't take a parcel well i never saw matt like that he goes into the back and the next thing i see is i see him on the floor because i'm interviewing we're interviewing her closet and i see matt on the floor in the back and they room 101 thing like, yeah you know, like, and while i'm in the middle of that matt comes out matt comes in the back of the booth like in a panic and he sees me and he's like I know I know you're busy, but like, can you help me? I was like, anything for you. I'm like, I'm already fucked. So what do you need? And he was like, um, and I don't know who knows about Matt's situation, but he didn't he didn't get his tobacco license in on time. So he, what he had to do was he had to buy his inventory, and go through a local shop. Yep. To have his inventory on the tray on the floor, but I think. Yep. Technically, he was not supposed to have that because of his license situation. So they had, you know, the Nevada, you know, commission of whatever was roaming the floor, checking on people, checking their licenses. He comes in the back and he's like, I have a problem. I need your help. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, I need to hide all. And he had the gin there, too. He's like, I need to hide all of the alcohol and tobacco. And I was like, what? And he just left. And he, and he comes back. He's like. <laughs> He's like, go under the table, pull everyone's shit out, and make room. And I'm like, and he leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And he comes back with like this like stack of boxes and the bottles of gin. And he's like this. And he's like, he's like, here, grab something. And I'm like, oh, he's like, just, just, just stuff it under the table. And I'm like, okay. And then there was a bunch of boxes on the floor all stacked up. And he's like, take those boxes and then just dump. He's like, I don't give a fuck if it's a mess. Just dump them into this cardboard box. And I'm like, all right. And we're like, we're just dumping stuff in there. And he had like another tablecloth. He goes, go grab that tablecloth and just like put it over everything. And then put everyone's backpacks on top of it. I'm like, what? and then he leaves. And I'm like, what is going on right now? And so I do that and I come out and he's like, is it good? I'm like, it's good. And I'm like, are you, are you getting like a visit right now? He's like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, well, and then I had to go back the, to solve my problem. Hopefully the state of Nevada is not listening to this right now. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Like the damage sure they, is already been done. Sure they don't care now. <laughs> He'll have his license this year, or will, will he even be there this year? You know, now that he's part of. Well, I don't. I, is, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is when I went to the booth, right? I saw three people from from STG there, and one of them was Justin, right? And they're all sitting around like doing nothing, right? And Matt <laughs> is like off, like Matt is um. Matt's like working his ass off with Kevin, right? And these three guys, I said, I, I went up to Justin, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm like, you guys are not doing anything. Like, you, what are you doing here? Like, like, I, and then finally one of them went to go get Matt some coffee or something. I'm like, guys, I, <laughs> but I, was, I gave Justin an ear for like, oh, you know, we're working here. I'm like, working? <laughs> you guys weren't doing shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, over, so over under on the big four who. Who's who's showing up? This is actually another zero. interesting topic. Zero. 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 It's still going to be zero this year. It's zero. Yeah. It's zero. Um, and I don't know. Again, I don't see any signs of it changing. So I don't think Matt will be there unless, for some reason, he gets some special permission to go just as Room One Hundred One. Technically, it's a general brand now, so I don't. I don't think they're going to want to go. Now how many unless, they buy another, unless they buy another company. Unless they buy another company. And... 
Who knows? Uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, I said it last year. STG was back at the show last year. It was legitimate. It was a small-scale thing, and they really weren't pushing a lot, but, but they were there. They were, And, you know, I've seen other people, like, w- I wander around the trade show. Drew Estate and, had, know, people, saw, had people wandering around. They had Davidoff had people. Every um, brand had people. Yeah. From what was, I heard. Uh, the, the JR people, I think, were there. Um, from Alta. So it, it, it had, but they weren't exhibiting. The only person who came close to exhibiting was SCG. I mean, they actually had a product there that wasn't a Room 101 product there. Right? They had Sancho two. Ponzo. And Los Santos Sa- Deluxe. And, and, yep, they had two. And they weren't Room 101. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't know if they weren't taking orders, right? But Kirkhoff didn't take orders of Ferry Otego the year before, and he was there. So, I mean, I'd have to apply the same logic here. Yeah, and, and, um, and at the end, like, you can't really consider her claws under Davidoff, right? They're just distributing him, so they don't really have the, the power to tell him not to go with those things, right? Oh, part of the deal he made with them was he was still supporting PCA. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I mean, and uh, and I think they've actually given him some sales support, though, with that. I think they agreed to that. and They understand that his brand, his business is different than Davidoff's business, which I don't think Davidoff would make sense for them to be at the trade show. They're a pointed merchant model, so you know, it's a di- yep. you don't really need to have a trade. You don't, you know. Uh, Davidoff's had some really good booths over the years, and what you guys missed, Matt, I don't know if you you probably haven't been there, but they used to have like a media day. We'd go into the Davidoff booth usually on day one, and we'd spend the whole afternoon there, and it was great. There was a cocktail reception, there was cigars, there was presentations. It was really nice. Um, I kind of missed Davidoff being there. We, and then the white dinner was at night. And the white dinner was always uh, one of the highlights. The only thing the white dinner got bad is because the, they gave out awards, and these retailers would give out speeches that like were three times longer than an Academy Award speech, like forty-minute speeches once from retailers and how they overcame all the odds. And it's like, just how about just like thank you, you know? <laughs> like Jeff used to go up and he'd say thank you and he'd thank his staff, and it was done. I'm like, but then these other ones, there were these long stories. It was just, you know, it was that was. It. But the dinner was. I mean, I got one year they gave out DuPont lighters to everybody. It was really nice. So nice. Yeah, I. So yeah, that's what that's what's in store for PCA Mitchell. I hope you're ready. Oh no, yeah, I know. I know there's gonna be lots of work work involved. I've you know every person I've talked to so far that's said it's it's not it's not a vacation, and I understand that. And I'm I'm not you know, again, I want to prove myself. I'm not just here to mess around and. You know, like the uh, the media, the media slogan. I'm just here to get free cigars. You know, that's that's not what yes, I'm you here are. for. I'm... Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's really that's really all I am. But no, I'm, I'm here to put in the work, man. I want to, you know, I want to show that, you know, I'm uh, can put in some legitimate work and and that I do my research. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm here to learn and I'm here to uh, to take in as much information as possible and. And hopefully, uh, and hopefully, bring what I can to the industry. Yep. Well, Mitchell, I will, t- I will tell you, uh, we still will have fun. So don't, don't think that it's just going to be like all work and no play. There will be play time, but there's going to be work time too. So don't yeah. worry. There's yeah. going to be this. There's going to be some. There's going to be some shit that goes down. So <laughs> don't worry about that. But um, yep. yeah, just expect a lot of late nights and not a lot of sleep for like four days, and you'll be good. I have a- I have a, I have a child. It's it's pretty much my life for the last. Uh... You're good to go. You're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> I, yeah, well, Matt's I haven't gonna, Matt's woken up. Be, past... and Matt's gonna be dealing with that. So. Yeah, I've yeah. I haven't okay. woken up past six o'clock in two years. So. Yeah. Uh, Slept in past six. <laughs> yep. 
So yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be ready to go then. Um, yeah, it, it's still a few. It's still it's still months away, and we'll be talking about it more. But it, it's it's funny because every time I do like a little check in every few months, uh, some things stay the same. Some some things change. Um, what you guys were talking before, I don't know if anyone caught this, but Jay actually commented and said, "Expect announcements on PCA 2024 and 2025 mid to late February." You're getting that from the horse's mouth, guys. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I assume that means location, both city dates. and dates. Um, and I assume if it, the city has changed, that'll be an announcement. If the city has not changed, then I assume you're going to find out where in Vegas it's going to be. Yep. Um, Coops. It's a traffic. Lots of traffic coming out. This this Lots is gonna be yeah, this is this wait. is gonna be big. Oh, oh, anything PCA. It's the biggest soap opera in the history of this country. Especially <laughs> if the city, especially if the city changes. Oh man. Or the, yeah, anything. Whoa, boy, you'll hear it. It will be and it will be. Look, they were talking about the PCA press conference two years in advance. No one wanted to talk about the show. They all wanted. They all wanted to talk about. <laughs> that was the biggest beef. Day. That was the biggest beef because we were there at the press conference this, the, the, this year, and, and everyone came back. I and, can we and, actually talk about the, I can, can we actually talk about this year's show? I finally just said. Yeah, I, I mean, Coop. I was because I, I was in the back row, and I see Coop up there, and I, and I see him just doing like this. And I'm just like, oh man. I'm, the, and the, I'm the, like, the, we shut the fuck up. You're not gonna answer this here. The, the best the best part is at the end of it they showed the data and there's still just a majority like a large majority vote for Vegas <laughs> no matter how much everyone here's says a, they don't want it the data okay, just here's what happened though there was another survey that went out to everybody and everyone then voted for New Orleans so <laughs> oh there you go was that after the this past show yeah yeah like retailers told me that there was one sent out so to the retailers or retailers and manufacturers. Um, that I don't know, but I know, you know, I know there was a, a communication that was sent, but they surveyed the people, the survey at the trade show Mitch talked about is like, Hey, was the location good? Was the time of the year good? And everyone said, yeah. Right. But then it was like, well, we could move the trade show to this time of the year in this place. People, they voted for change. I guarantee the people who voted for New Orleans were not at the 2015 trade show, which was one of the worst trade shows I ever went to. So Jay said, you different. assume correct. We may even have info on 2026, but that's not quite ironed out yet. So Jay, let me just ask you this question because I know you're not going to give me anything too specific, but can you at least answer a yes or no? Do you know what city the trade show will be in as of now? Do you guys at least know where it is 100%? Has, has the decision already been made or is it still being finalized? You know, I know you're not going to tell me where it is, but can you at least say that a decision has been made at this point? Assuming. Hey, be careful. You you say something, there may be an article on Half Wheel tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying he's gonna say one way or the other, but I'm just saying I, I'm just has the decision you. been I made? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm just telling you. He also oh, said dude. he also said I voted for Anchorage, Alaska, February 2026. <laughs> Fuck answer. that. <laughs> that would hey, suck. It's close, it's close for me. It's close for me. Oh yeah, you're the only you're the, you're the only one that would benefit from that. <laughs> You're the only one. Everyone else is like, "Fuck, dude." <laughs> quite direct there, right? Yeah. You're she the only me. person. <clears throat> you could drive. <laughs> Jay Davis, the very diplomatic answer. I know what the board knows. <laughs> Damn. Oh man. Uh, 
Alan said uh, the survey only had two options, correct? It was just New Orleans and Vegas. If Miami was a possible option, I think that would win. However, I think Jay said Miami is not possible due to the convention center. There was nothing that was presented mm, yeah, at the press yeah. conference indicated there was anything but New Orleans and my uh, and Vegas. There was nothing that we heard. We heard it was down to two choices at the press conference. So that's not a secret. They said it was either going to be Vegas at the same time of the year or New Orleans earlier in the year, unless anything's changed. But you know things. You know, but that's what I heard. That's what that's what they said at the press conference. And then everyone started uh, asking questions about the whole. They started being like, I remember they asked, well, they, you know, are you going to go strictly by the vote or are you using this as input? It was, it was, it was just insane. Uh, we were talking about this. So I was like, I just like, uh, and I had all these questions about the 2021, 2022 show. So Jay goes, you never know, Matt. Uh, Jay, don't, don't even, don't even, don't even oh, put that. Enough for, I think that's enough for an article. Oh man. <laughs> Jay, I really hope you're not teasing something that's real. Who wants to go, who wants to go to Alaska in February for a cigar trade show? Like seriously, who who's do, who's doing that? Who voted for that? I would do. It. I would do. It. I hate Vegas. I'd rather go there than Vegas. Coop, you you would you would go to you would go to. I don't even know. You would I go want, to. All right, so so you'd go to Lebanon list, if that's where it was. All, all my bucket list. I want to smoke a cigar in a glacier. My friend Stogie Santa did it. I want to smoke a cigar in a glacier. So that would give me an opportunity for my bucket list. Paul DeGraco. Hey, Paul DeGraco's in the house. Uh, I'm heading to Vegas tomorrow. Kill me. LOL, it's freezing there. Yeah, but during the day, it's like 64. At nighttime, it's, it's like a brisk yeah, 40. Right. It's not Sorry, that Paul, cold. There's no, Disney in, uh, there's no Disney in Vegas. You imagine Paul, if they opened a, a Disney casino. <laughs> what'd you say? Imagine if they opened a Disney casino, Paul would be like... Uh, oh, man. Paul Paul would move in. He'd be like, do you guys have any rooms for uh, ownership? He would work in. there for free. <laughs> Jay Davis, Alaska was a joke. Now Calgary might be a go. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> oh God. I liked Alaska actually better, but uh, actually I could go probably to a glacier in Calgary. Uh, I would do it. Yeah. Mitchell, have you I been to Alaska? To... I haven't been to Alaska. No. Hmm. Um. My my wife's been to Alaska, but I I have not. We're you planning. Know, we're, you know, yeah, we we hope to go soon though. I mean, it's my not wife as doesn't far. Want, my wife doesn't. My wife doesn't want to go. She's like kind of getting traveled out. So uh, make the Coop, wife happy. You can fly. Here. You can fly in here, and we'll take a cruise up there. Yeah, go hang out with Mitchell. I mean, I've been to I've been to British Columbia. It's amazing. I've been to Victoria. Um, it's I loved it. It's beautiful. What I took a, I took the I took the ferry over from Seattle. One of my, oh yeah, nice. Amazing, you, you get out. You get off the ferry, and there's that big conference built, like that conference house yep. building. Oh, it's just – and it, the city was great. It's, it's, it's an old English city. Where, yeah, it's, it's where our parliamental building is, right? So it's it's got yeah. a lot of heritage and old-school buildings there. So I it's love capitalist. Victoria. I fell in yeah, love with beautiful. that city. Yeah, it really beautiful. is. Yeah. Sorry. I had to take that. Um but uh, anyway, uh, this has been another long show. This is uh, this is almost a cigar coupe show, pushing the three hours. Here we go. Well, yeah, but uh, great to have Mitchell, uh, both of you guys. Um, you know, Mitchell, uh, you know, you're doing a great job, and uh, I think you know a lot of people are gonna be taking notice of you. So keep up the great work. Um, and 
who knows? You know, maybe you'll take this over from that. If you, like Matt, maybe, maybe you're gonna make a little coup there. And, <laughs> no, wow! Look at so. look at look at that! Look at Cooper trying yeah, to start trouble. We're in it together. We're in it together. Yeah, That's I know. Right. I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So it's all good. <laughs> no, no. Thank, thank you guys for you know having having me on this. It's been a blast. You know, I hope I can and jump onto a few more of the uh, absolutely the spare notes series. Cause yeah, you can be so on much. all the time whenever you want. You've you've proven whenever yourself. You want. Yeah, no, no issues with that. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Jay Davis, yeah. if it's not four hours, it's not prime time. <laughs> one of now, these, one of these weeks, we gotta go four hours just so I can say we went toe to toe with prime time. Bear, Bear has. I know there's like a twenty-four hour thing we did a few years, but Bear, I think, did a five and a half hour one once. I want to say. Well, four and a half hours. He did. He went. Oh, I remember. Man. I woke up. I had to wake up, and he was still. He was still on. He was on with Triple Dennis that night. I woke up at three thirty in the morning. He was still going with those guys. Jesus. So. Anyway, uh, I think right. this this is a good stopping point. Um, yep. Guys, thank you both for being here. Uh, thank you to everyone who's watching at home, and thank you everyone who's listening later on all the podcast platforms. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all of those platforms as well as our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. And as always, head over to SmokingTobacco.com for more news and updates from the cigar industry. There will be some updates to the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation raffle. I keep teasing every week because I don't want anyone to forget. Like, oh, I didn't hear about it. So it's coming. Uh, some of the prizes we've already announced. There's going to be a box of the 2021 Great Smoke Opus X. Um, there is a limited edition ceramic ashtray donated from... Um, uh, the Opus X Society. There's going to be a Rabbit Air air purifier. Uh, there's going to be something from Evan Darnell for the uh, Red Meat Lovers Club. Uh, so the list just keeps getting longer. Um, those are the ones I can confirm for right now that I want to say. I want to try to keep some of them so I can slowly drip them out. Um, but that's what we got so far. And there's tons more to come. So make sure you sign up for our email newsletter on the website to stay in touch with everything that we're doing, especially the fundraiser. I can't stress that enough. Um, I have a unique thing I'm donating this year, by the way. I think I was telling you about that. So it's going to be something a little different this year for me. Yeah, some something different from Coop. That's right. Coop has something that he'll be putting in from the Cigar Coop team. Um, yep. So keep an eye out for that. This That's is, also going to be in there. This is a big tease, but if it works out, I might have something very unique as well. I haven't even told Matt, so. Is it cigar yeah. related? It is. Hmm. That I'll donate to the, to the raffle. Oh, you're going to have to tell me after the show in the green room. I um, will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it. We'll see you back on Thursday night, Mitchell and myself. And I think John Carney is going to be with us. It'll be me, myself, and John Carney from La Flor Dominicana. Uh, so make sure you tune in Wednesday, 7 p.m. on all of these platforms. And we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody. Good night. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.